Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 14, entitled Twice as Far. What'd you think of this episode? Woo, this episode really backed into one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And One, one of the most fun. I, I don't know if it's a great episode. Oh, yeah, I'm I, Okay, great is subjective, but I'm saying like from shocking, entertaining, swinging for the fences. Yeah. Using my own prejudices about the show and its characters against me to really set me up for an epic rope a dope. Okay, we're gonna like, have to explore that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know, I'm not sure. I know what you mean. Uh, just that I was like beside myself with the shit that Denise was saying <laughs> and her actions, and as I was working myself into, a, I can't fucking believe this. She takes an arrow through the eye, which pretty much ends her career as adventurer. It, and it stops you from thinking about it because if you think about this episode a little too long, you start to notice the cracks. Okay, a lot more, and that's like on second viewing. Interesting. I didn't. I thought it held the up. Second pretty well. viewing didn't service me as a viewer very well because I already knew the exciting parts uh-huh. that were coming, and I was paying more attention to why these people were doing the things they're doing. Uh-huh. Some of it makes sense. Some of okay. it is just fucking insanely stupid. No, I, I. I don't know what to say about the Carol stuff because that's the stuff that still has me scratching my head. I mean, Surgeon General warning: smoking is a leading cause of rampant morgalizing. Is the only <laughs> thing I can I can think of. But right, and I I don't know why they're doing this. I don't understand what Carol's doing, but they could be setting this up for some kind of epic redemption arc with Morgan, which I would enjoy. Uh-huh. So I am going to, I think there's a lot to criticize, but I kind of feel like I need to withhold it to see where they're going with it. Because, you know, that's one thing that I think that the, the you know, if we're the haters, the lovers have said consistently is, you know, you can't judge normal peace, people's actions and morality because they're in a zombie apocalypse, blah, 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 blah. Right. Which I dismiss a lot, but I think that there is some truth to that. Like, she, this could be a... Uh, you know, if you're if you're not afraid to die out in the wilderness because you've been out there and survived before, and you find that you just have lost your appetite for killing, and that that loving people and having to be their protector, the necessary result of that is killing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be logical to go walk the earth, jewel style. Yeah, and she has also bigger reasons for doing it. Um, for, for leaving the camp that we'll talk about kind of when we get there at the end of this recap, but. I don't know. I I know I've said in the... It feels like she has taken too much of a turn. Like, I've said in the past, look, they... Something doesn't feel right about the turn that Carol has taken. Yeah. Uh, I do kind of like how they were leading up to it, but, but there's something at the beginning where it felt like it was kind of all of a sudden that she started having these questions, and now there's something at the end of that arc where it feels like she's gone too far in the other direction yeah. that I don't like. It doesn't feel natural to me. It doesn't feel like a character who is a cold, hard killer. I agree. For good reasons. I agree. Is. I wonder. It feels to me like there might be a step or two missing. Yeah. Um, or if they had her just like a, a little bit more moderate in her position, not like going full Morgan at the end of this. Yeah. I wonder. You know, Melissa McBride, she's one of the few last remaining Darabont faithful. That's right. Yeah. Like I in, in a way that like I don't know that um, 
the guy that plays Rick, who's I <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Oh man, you're gonna get emails. About no that. shit. Well, I'm gonna deserve- get emails about that. <laughs> deservedly so. Um, I just you know brain fart. Uh, sure, I, in a sure. way that I don't think that he is. I can't think of anything else that he's actually been in Darabont. And and I wonder if yeah. she's like, I'm not renewing my contract. Maybe. Which Maybe. would give them a single season to give her a satisfying exit to the show. And I'm not saying this is not inside information. This is just my speculation trying to figure out why. It could just be that mm-hmm. this is, I mean, you know, six episodes into a fairly entertaining back half, I feel like I'm maybe giving it too much credit. But it's also <laughs> not unprecedented for the show to just botch a character arc. Sure. And, and yeah. it's a little jarring because I think they've done such a great job with mm-hmm. Carol. Yep, we have a lot of feedback on Carol, and I uh, plan on discussing it in in a lot of depth. I wonder we why there. we didn't think this when she became the prison killer in season three. Or was that four? I, no, but that was there are four. there are a lot of reasons. Uh, is it uh, part of it is because there was a time jump there? Part of it was because there was a little bit of a mystery about who did it. Mm-hmm. So, like, we kind of had a. a, a a way to mentally make peace with the fact that she was the killer before it was revealed that she was the killer. Right, that helped. I, and sure. so, and I don't know that that was a deliberate storytelling trick, but it don't hurt. Yeah. But if there are a few pieces missing, I wonder if there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't know about it and why they're having to accelerate uh, her character to an exit. Again, maybe that's Seems not like- spoilers. That's just pure speculation based on... Me knowing that she's been in at least one other movie to Frank Darabont Helm, <laughs> right? The the mist, the mist the, or fog? What the fog? The, it's the one about the giant spider creatures in the fog, right? Whatever that one is. Uh huh. They get she gets trapped with with Dale in a sure grocery store. Horrific, horrific story. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Should should we get to the recap? Because there's a lot more I want to say about Carol. Uh. But we need to kind of get to that and save it for sure. feedback as well. We start uh, Daily Life in Alexandria montage uh, where, uh, you know, we just see people relieving each other and walking around the lake and uh, Rick swings by Morgan's prison as he's putting the finishing touches on it and is like, why? <laughs> Morgan's and- looking around like... He almost didn't realize that he accidentally <laughs> built a cell around himself. I oh, know. shit, how am I going to get out of here? Rick, I left the keys outside. Uh, <laughs> and it, he asks why, and he says, to give you choices for next time, which seems to satisfy yeah. Rick. And again, I'm not a huge fan of, of Morgan's arc here, but uh, it's probably a good idea to have a prison in a community. Right. I think this is the best place for Morgan to land because he's going to contribute. He's going to help, even if he can't kill. Uh, then for every day in this montage, the camera makes a jump to hyperspace. Uh, <laughs> yeah. such a weird effect. What did to you think suggest of that? Pa- I thought it was shitty. Me but too. I didn't like anything about that transition. I, I don't know how else you suggest the passage of time, like night you know, to day cycle. I would think, although that- in The Walking Dead, I don't know if that's passage of time <laughs> or not. <laughs> it you know it seems like it'd be a good place for Breaking Bad style sunrise sunset montage right. and Little then the next day time lapse stuff. but whatever you know we make the jump to light speed <laughs> and uh, the next day what's this Eugene wearing pants <sighs> Sasha's noticing I I'm I'm noticing uh, big fan of the pants move Tobin kissing Carol goodbye not as big a fan yep. Uh, Rosita looking forlorn, and I'm like, oh man, she's like really dealing with the the breakup of Abraham. And then we see the lump in in a bed, <laughs> whose name is Spencer. And Which I'm is like, really oh, all he is. That's why she looks so depressed. Yeah, she's oh, god, fucking this guy. Um, 
Daryl's got his bike back, and he yeah. has a Beetle Bailey-esque toy soldier in a satchel, satchel bag, which I guess is uh, Primo's. What the fuck? Do you have any idea of what the significance of that is? Why he cares? No. Well, I don't. It's no. not that Daryl cares, but it's like it's. It was just. I. I feel like we're supposed to take something away from that. Like maybe the idea that maybe Primo was in a similar way that uh, Rick might see a comic book and bring it back for Carl, or if someone saw a toy, they might bring it back for kid. Like suggesting that maybe Primo's got a kid. Another hint that eh, maybe. maybe not all saviors are bad. Yeah, maybe. Um, but he's pretty much you know what the fuck, uh, Carol. And, and here's the thing: this talks with Carol and Daryl mean something and are supposed to mean something, but I'm not getting it. They share a cigarette in this significant moment, and she says, "You saved them. That's who we are. That's we're still stuck with that." And he's like, "No, we ain't. I should have killed them." Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely shows a divide in their thinking, right? I mean, he's going the other way. Like, yeah. I'm tired of saving randos, and that was that something that he's talked with Rick about. So that's yeah. I understand that part totally. But then, but, he, but I think Carol is like kind of looking to him to to sort out some of her problems, but he's not giving it back at this point, uh, right? Like, whereas she was trying to help him through all his stuff and and kind of work through it together, he's he's kind of not on board with that. Daryl's not a certified counselor no. or licensed marital family therapist. It's the wrong Carol. place to look, Carol. Yeah. Go to Denise. I mean, he's not Maybe even... keep her off the road. <laughs> sure. Talk to her for a while. Uh, he didn't ask the ones that took you and Maggie, what did they do to you? And I guess is that supposed to suggest that Daryl has seen the change in Carol and he misattributes to some mistreatment and she says, to yeah. us? They didn't do anything. Right. I think he's thinking like a Maggie sort of thing after the governor. Is that supposed to imply that Carol thinks they shouldn't have killed those people? Because they didn't really do uh, anything to them? Other, I think anything, so. Anything yeah. that they wouldn't have done themselves in their position? Their their position. I think so. The, the moralizing is getting to her. Yeah, I, and that's the thing, though. It seems like the tonic to all this is like, these guys tried to jack you at gunpoint at the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, they're admittedly even the 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 redhead that you're feeling so bad about killing. She admits to being a bad girl, a bad dude, a bad woman. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know why this is again. You know, killing eighteen and now you know several dozen people. I get that that is psychotic behavior, mm-hmm. and that that would probably do some bad things to you. But I don't understand why she's suddenly having a problem with it. Right, it's, it does something about Sam and something about Morgan and something about this experience with this kinder, gentler savior branch that's messing with her, and I don't quite, haven't quite connected the dots. I think she needs to read the same game theory books that Eugene's been reading, <laughs> like adapt to the world. You mean Carol. Dungeons and Dragons third edition? <laughs> well, he's he's specifically been reading like game theory, like the different stages of adapting to the environment and then pressing pressing your advantage and changing the environment to yourself. Oh, see, I'm not the. Like, uh... I'm not up on my my Richard Nash my game. Th- I, I, uh, right, my mind's not game that theory beautiful. is a, is a much bigger sure thing. Um, sure, but but I mean, if she wants to talk with someone, talk with him because he seems to have the the antidote for the morgalizing. I think mm. gotta adapt, a road through, road forward. Uh, so where was I at here? Oh, and then they they begin. And end the episode with this creaking, smoking porch swing motif. Yeah. 
and I don't also know the significance of that other than it just bookends, you know, her decision making process and somehow ties Morgan into it, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, later. Yeah, I think it's just a stand in for, you know, what Carol's feeling, what she's thinking. I mean, these cigarettes clearly represent some sort of guilt on her part. Uh, she just started smoking them since she's been killing people and feeling bad about it. And since Morgan's been on her back, I think it, it serves a dual purpose for them both. Tell me we have some brilliant listener feedback that explains all this. The swing? The, just the, the whole this this whole Carol thing. We got some good takes on that. We have some takes on it. <laughs> <laughs> we have okay, some takes then. that encourage discussion and do have some, some okay. finer points. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the intro music for this show, the theme song. Okay. It's real weird. The, the theme song implies something very dramatic, right? It's a very dramatic song. Sure. Coming out of just a porch swing and kind of a... a happy like everybody in town except for maybe carol is feeling pretty good about town right now and well i mean except for rosita rosita and carol not feeling good about it yeah but it's it's kind of like a fairly upbeat as, as upbeat as the walking dead gets mm-hmm. uh intro and then you go into this real dramatic theme song it just it's a weird jarring that bites everybody feeling i know how do you because i remember you can't have the same feeling the same tone in every sure. intro like I, I i think of like some of the crazier musical intros for breaking bad that then goes into <laughs> right. and it's like you know what what are you going to do you hit a musical wall I, at, I at 80 miles an hour it's you get vaporized it sucks i'm not saying you know shame on you for for doing this walking dead it just struck me this episode i feel like you know some shows do that better than others. Like, uh, I just got done watching Community, and they just went with it, man. Like, if they had no fear for changing up their theme sequence and music, if it would prop up the show better. Well, their branding was terrible. Maybe that's why they were canceled nine <laughs> times. <laughs> Still, they get six seasons and probably a movie, which is their goal. So what, okay. what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Denise is studying a crumpled flyer and also looking kind of forlornly out the gates towards a zombie who's had an unfortunate dental experience. Oh man, that was amazing. Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm not, it's not just the fact that he's got this rebar through his cheek. It's just, I'm just imagining, you know, again, zombies are not feeling anything. But imagine that rebar just scraping on your teeth and. Uh huh. Pulling at your Poor guy's skin. got any fillings that are going to be like zing, twinging and twanging. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that this is a, a flyer that's that's going to be a map to an apothecary. apothecary? Did I pronounce there it correctly? I've been practicing. You got it. Practicing all in morning. In the mirror. In front of the mirror. Apothecary. Yep. yep. Uh, Spencer tries to invite Rosita over for his infamous or maybe famous beef jerky stroganoff. And then he asks the question that no man should ask a crazy hot murderer in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. What are we doing here? Can we, like, define the relationship? Don't question it, man. Just, just go with just, it. Yeah. Ride that thing into the ground. This is like, this is, this is like the, the dew on a spider web. If, if bright sunlight hits it, it's just going to evaporate. What the fuck are you doing? Yep. Take a picture. I get that you're, like, generically Tiger Beat cover hot, but... There's not that many Rositas walking around. Hello. That's very true. Jesus, what is he doing, man? Uh, Denise that uh, makes it clear that she didn't overhear any private things that they were saying, which Rosita's like, whatever. And She, she wants... did. She heard him. Sure. She's she just she heard him, and that's part of why she's doing this. Uh, she gives the her she uh, Rosita wants to resume their machete lessons. I'm guessing, and she goes, "No, actually, I want to do something different." There's this Edison's boutique and apothecary, and I want to check it out because you know it could be drugs. Could uh, be. 
I hear Edison's boutique at Apocarthy and I Apothecary. Jesus Christ. Don't do it. It's already fucked up. Apo. The Apo. And I'm thinking like that probably has as much to do about a pharmacy as like anthropology has to do with like <laughs> digging up human remains Indiana uh, Jones style. Like that's yeah. not the name of a place that deals they might they might have bath salts. They might right. have quote unquote spice. You might be able to get a a, a a couple hits of salvia, but you're not going to fucking get penicillin or oxycontin. No, that's right. not that's not the place you go to. It has like small small tincture jars sure. with like goat hair or you might be able a, to get essential oils, a dried out monkey's paw in them or something. You might be able to get supplies to make bath, uh, uh, you right. know, those soaps. Right. Uh, and, and fragrances and some incense holders. And lava lamps, come on. Lava lamps. You'd be able to get lava lamps. Maybe some uh, some some uh, cheap fetish gear. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to find actual pharmaceutical-grade product. That's what I think, too, but apparently we're both wrong. I, you know, maybe, that's a, maybe that's an East Coast thing. They don't call their pharmacies pharmacies. They call them Apothecary things. Yep. Uh, but she and, and uh, you know, Daryl and Rosita are like, fine, we'll check it. She's like, nope, I want to go. She's I, the standard three year old argument of, I want to do it. And thus begins my uh, very guilty hate of Denise this episode. Yeah, no, not hate of Denise. I, Denise, fine, whatever. She wants to go do the thing, let her. Uh, but there should be people, there should be grown ups in this situation saying no. Like no, Denise, you're not. I wish Rick was around to shut this shit down because it wouldn't have happened under his watch. Because any other dumb fucking Alexander says this, like fine, whatever, come with us. You either you need uh-huh. to fight or die. This is your only person with any medical knowledge at all. Yep. That most of it has been hard fought through experience in the last several weeks. Don't fuck up this good thing. And they're going to get medical supplies. So they probably need a doctor to use them when they get back. And ostensibly, if she's doing this so the next time Tara goes out on two-week raid, she can go with her? Fuck all that! You're on call 24-7. You never get to leave. Right. Right. <laughs> Somebody gets a laceration back in town and you're out on a field trip. Yeah. What are they going to do? Suddenly you are the president of the United States and like you need a ring of protection around you. Nothing bad can happen to you. I, I don't understand... Uh, right, and her I don't shit understand. Later. She's smart enough and self-aware enough, and I don't, and I think selfless enough to understand that. So her long speech in the middle, which gets interrupted by a crossbow bolt, um, doesn't didn't land for me. And no, you know, me either. And that's, I mean, that's one of the places where this episode really falls apart is just the premise that they would, that a she would think of going out there, yes, uh, and b that they would allow it to happen. I mean, she says she's going to go anyway. I, mean, I, I guess fine, I, sure, but that's on you. We can't take that chance. That's where you you twist her arm, you shove her in Morgan's jail, and says, "We'll be back when we let you know whether there's stuff in this right boutique." Um, I, I yeah, I I don't know, and I I I appreciate that Rosita and Daryl both put up resistance to it, but again, she's the only and I and I kind of can squint and see where Denise would say this, like on week two of the two week. Like, you know, she's really worried about Terry. She's, she's this right. I'm not saying yeah. I love you back to her is really weighing heavily on her mind. But you just can't let that happen, man. The stakes are too high. And I thought we kind of moved yeah. past this allowing rookie survivor childlike behavior to uh, jeopardize the safety of the overall group. 
Right. It's a, it's a greater good sort of thing. If she goes out and finds some drugs, yeah. Uh, or if she becomes like a, a field agent or whatever, yeah. where she can go out, that's fine. But we have so many field agents. You sure. are going to over the years, over the thirty plus years that Abraham mentions, be yeah. able to do so much more for this community yeah. if you just stay yes. safe. You're the one person who doesn't have to go out and, in fact, should never go out. Like, yeah. the, if you're holding a gun and shooting, it's because you're literally the last person standing in Alexandria. And maybe Patricia. I don't think she <laughs> has sure. any business going out. <laughs> sure. Um, but she could take a bullet for Denise. Sure, she yes. she fucking should. Meat shield. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep moving before I say something insensitive. Uh <laughs> We so so we get to now one of the most unrealistic scenes in the Walking Dead show history. Daryl Dixon, backwood savant, motorcycle aficionado, cannot operate a stick shift vehicle. What the fuck am I seeing? He's letting off the clutch too er- too late or too early. He's disengaging. Something. Do they do they not understand that a motorcycle? Every motor. I mean, there might be one or two examples of an automatic motorcycle. Uh-huh. That some you know dude that rides a trike might 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 ride. I've never heard. But of but essentially, a, a motorcycle is a stick shift vehicle that's flipped. You work the clutch with your hand, and you work the gear shift with your foot. Right. So if you can do the upside down version of something, I'm pretty sure you can do the right side up one. I this well uh, to him it would, that would be the right side up version. The the car would be upside down, but. It doesn't matter. the The concept of disengaging the clutch too early or whatever should yes. be very familiar to him. Yes, the timing and all that. It's it's <laughs> is. I don't. It, it really. It, it made me visibly angry. It it felt to me like they were trying to do another Rick uh, with his music, like the road trip, the Rick and Daryl road trip scene, just kind of a ha ha have fun moment. Yeah. Uh, which they just didn't care to to say. Hey, this guy knows a lot about. To manual me, transmissions, if make, probably. If they want to make a guy who fucking repairs manual sure. transmissions all day long. Sure. But as again, does no one on the show ride a motorcycle? I, maybe not. I'm pretty. Maybe sure, no riders. I'm do. pretty sure Norman Reedus does. I've seen him ride one on the show. Uh huh. And he's like, uh, guys, you know, uh, I'm not a rider or nothing, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know that. I, if they want to make that gag, just have Daryl sitting in the middle, which would be hilarious. Yeah. Daryl riding in, 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 in the middle seat Denise. with Rosita and Denise, and she's like, "Hey, you want to learn? You got to learn how to drive the, the the whatever the raid truck or the rummaging truck." And right. she's just grinding gears, and and it seems to be like a little bit of character building that obviously can't go anywhere because that character is dead now. Like Denise, they they were trying to say, "Oh yeah, she she grew up." around a lot of manual well, transmissions old trucks like we should have seen this coming the second that like we got tons of backstory about her and all this character right. development not that they've short shrifted her any but the fact that they really laid it on thick we should have seen her walking right into this yeah and i think we did see something with tara and denise coming in the near future because they were just doing so much with the <laughs> sure. relationship sure uh, anyway, they get to a point in the road where a tree has fallen in, and I'm on high alert because I'm like, man, this seems like something the saviors would do, start blocking off major intersections and laying an ambush. And I yeah. feel like that that's on Rosita and Daryl's mind. They go to check it out, and they find out that it's just a rotten tree that's blown over. Of course there's a zombie under it because there's nothing that can fall under... Telephone poles, trees... I mean, lightning kills more zombies than bullets in it, this universe. It's lightning like, strikes. It's like if a tree falls over in the woods, fuck hearing it fall. It's whether <laughs> will there be a zombie under it, and the question, and the answer is always yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what causes things to fall: a zombie uh-huh. or human, and then it falls on top of them. Uh, I mean, what? 
what church steeples yeah sure that too i'm sure there's a zombie underneath that they had to clear oh. out the zombies from hell well obviously there was a stampede at the time yeah shitloads of zombies under so that. and that maybe that's why it fell yep. the magnetism from the zombies just just pulled it down maybe they have their own gravity have we ever <laughs> sure. considered that why not why a large not? enough herd might be able to just create a vortex a singularity yeah that's how the world will end <laughs> Uh, if you get a big enough herd together, uh-huh. Rick fucked them by diverting this ho- this out of the, or maybe he saved this if if that that quarry had kept accreating zombies <laughs> would have pulled Alexandria and the hilltop, <laughs> the, all of it, just the in. whole shebang. Uh, anyway, Rosita finds a bag of airline sized bottles, presumably by the poor sap who was walking underneath the tree when it fell. Um, not taking those to the pantry. Nope. Yeah. Nope, she's doing a pre- see Spencer. You want to have the honest people on the raids, Rosita. Sure, shame on you. Although We're, I feel you, I think this is Spencer's doing. This is Spencer's doing. He's oh. the original pantry raider. She <laughs> really? D- you don't think she's taking these back for him? No, oh, she don't she, give a shit about him. I'm he's just, saying, just infected her thinking. You know, the first night they got gotcha. together, he was sobbing in bed about the time he stole crackers and his mom told him what a hero he was, and then she died the next day. Uh-huh. She's like, Jesus Christ. Yep. I just wanted, you know, a quick roll of the sack, and now I got to play psychiatrist to this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, she's maybe she's stealing the bottles to show him how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Rosita wants to take the tracks into town because the map shows that it's clearly a shortcut. And Daryl's like, nah, nah, man, I'm going to follow the road. And Denise goes after Daryl because that's what you do. If you follow Denise, I agree. Or you follow Rosita, follow Daryl, you're going to follow Daryl. She's not making all bad decisions here. No. Uh, what's going through Daryl's head? I'm a little confused because I feel like the track thing should be something from his past. And there needs to be a reason why he's not following these tracks. But I'm not picking up. I th- on that. it could it could be because my point was you should take neither because you're living in a post savior world and these people are, mm-hmm. we, you know they're they're blockading roads and looking for people mm-hmm. you need to really stay stealthy stay off the beaten track now to the show's credit on second watch I noticed that Daryl's not really following the road he's kind of going off at an angle look like I don't know if he's following the woods like or following the road a hundred yards into the woods mm-hmm. or he's like kind of cutting caddy corner through the woods but he's not following the woods and it could be as simple as like you just don't t- if if pa- at the easy path you don't take the easy path because that's where everybody else is going to be traveling we need to stay right. the hell away from people which would be smart that could be it yeah. it also could be a nod towards their experiences in term- terminus but that like, i guess oh, I but thought, it wasn't... i saw how you i don't want to end up no barbecue follow this track you crazy it seems a little weak to me because it wasn't really following the tracks that got them in trouble at Terminus. It was following the signs. Sure. Which happened to be on railroad tracks. And now if he has an irrational fear of railroad tracks, I'm a little disappointed in our badass Daryl. Well, you know, uh, no one's perfect. But but then he, he changes his mind at the end, right? And he takes the tracks back. And obviously he does that because, A, it's a shortcut. Uh, but there must be some kind of emotional, psychological reason he does this, and well, I just don't get it. So there's two things I thought about on the way back. On the way, first of all, I think he's hyper alert for as he should be an ambush. Uh-huh. Once they get to there and successfully, and they don't make any contact with people, he's like, okay, well maybe it's just a tree fell, fell down, so I'll take the tracks back because it's shorter. So here's the thing. Also, that that was immediately after Denise had kind of bonded to them, to right. him with about the brother thing. So maybe he is just being conciliatory to make her feel better and to take it easy on her because she's, you know, this experience Maybe. took a lot out of her at the town. 
how about this? Okay. So, turns out there was a fucking ambush on the tracks, but Rosita didn't get caught up in it. Sure. So, why... So, maybe it's as simple as there was an ambush and Daryl smoked it out and took the other route, like we said. But they weren't going but to spring it on just one But why didn't they spring person? it on one? Yeah. Well, was it not is- enough to... Was not a big enough of a target, like an orange crush in a cooler in a car. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I what what could be is that they had, they had captured uh, Eugene obviously, and were heading on the way back right. wherever they're going, and it just was a chance encounter. Because sure. you know Denise That's was also option. screaming, right? Uh, Easy to hear. So like you could you know if if they were like a mile away, you hear this screaming and start heading over there, and they're going to arrive just about the time where she gets shot. So I don't know that they were necessarily staking out the railroad tracks, more like it was just yeah. happenstance. Yeah, I I felt that too. I just I'm looking for explanations and okay. didn't really see one. Uh, so that's my speculation. Uh, Eugene misses his mullet, and I got so excited. I'm like, oh, he's got a fresh fresh fade. Not not re- he's doing it wrong. He's growing his hair into the mullet. Get rid of the mullet and then grow it out, man. Uh, the he only would look possible, fine with like a crew cut. The he only possible good. downgrade from a. <laughs> Mullet is a comic book store guy from The Simpsons ponytail. That's exactly and what it is. And he's falling right exactly. into that classic trap. Yeah, I say go tabula rasa on your head, sure, and then grow it back out. Yeah, no, he needs to. He needs. He, he's on a track to gain another hundred pounds and go balding, and his 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 transition will be complete. He he had this very same discussion that he has with Abraham here in the mirror that morning. <laughs> Was like. Mullet, you've outlived your usefulness to me. I needed you on the way from Houston to here. And then he gets his rubber band out and just gathers it together to put it. It's... Right, because he might need it later. Sure. You never know. You know, you know, just baby steps. Baby steps towards stage two. Pant- just lengthen your, your legs on your pants. Sure. And let your hair grow out. Sure. Uh, you know, that's a, we, we missed the step. We missed a montage where he's wearing capri pants. Right. It was yeah. an intermediate evolutionary step. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Abraham's like... What is all this about? And I thought that they're going to get in a fight about Eugene trying to poach Rosita. And it turns out it's just a pretty, you know, I'm trying to be a survivor versus Abraham being understandably uh, skeptical about it. And, uh, you know, uh, Eugene gives his life is like an RPG analogy, mm-hmm. which I guess, and he's a real life min-maxer. He has uh, taken all of his char- charisma points and put them into intelligence i guess yeah yeah i think so i mean it it makes a lot of sense right the stuff he's saying about currently being in phase two where the world he's adapting to the world yeah and then at some point he moves beyond that phase uh with like alexandria and kind of the way they're going now where they start changing the world not adapting to it letting the world change them but changing it back yeah into what they want I, I, yeah, I mean, his character is an extreme version because he's taken all of his strength, dexterity, constitution, will, and charisma, pumped it all into. I don't even think it's possible to do that. Put it all right. into intelligence. Yep. And and I still feel like he got shortchanged because he's not that he, smart. Right. This he's, isn't Stephen Hawking I'm dealing with. Making bullets is not. There's a guy who's really min maxed his life. Yes. Stephen Hawking I, is what Eugene should for, look like if he's for necessary reasons. I sure. think. But yeah. Sure, he's 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 shaped his environment and himself to match it. Uh, Eugene yeah. is half. He's in phase three. Stephen Hawking St- definitely in phase three. Might be phase four. Maybe he's transcended uh, out of humanity. Yeah, yeah. 
He's he's been on Star Trek, so yeah. I think I think he has. I mean he survived the twenty fourth century. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> uh so Abraham is understandably skeptical about this survivor shit. Uh Rosita is waiting for Denise and Daryl and like uh, what took you so long and Daryl's like not having any of this shit, marches right past her. Um Denise tries to talk her or engage her in conversation, ask her who taught you to fight. And she talks a mess about, well, a lot of people taught me a lot of things. Years from now, he'll just be a long list and a name, or he'll just be a name and a long list of names, which, I mean, I kind of guess we knew this before, but Abraham taught her how to fight. Yeah. Uh, And she's starting a list. She's making an apparently planned long list. And Spencer taught her how to pilfer pantries. Uh Uh-huh. So she's just learning skills. What could she pick up with some of the other survivors? What could she pick up from, like, Tobin? Cold Rolling Steel. I'm sure. Uh, a building pair walls. Of, uh, oversized Carhartts. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, might even be a more appropriate a- uh, outfit for her. Sure, sure. Than, than her typical midriff stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it'd be a bad, like, you know, just, uh, I, I've, I've always maintained that one could av- avoid a great many deaths on this show to zombies had they been wearing a sturdy pair of outerwear. Yeah. Carhartts. I mean, she's, she's upgraded to, to leather jacket. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Uh, I defy That's a motorcycle someone, jacket, right? Yeah, I, def, I defy the, someone to bite through a leather jacket. <laughs> We're going to try it on lunch with Jim with, and Aaron with, str- with strong, healthy week. teeth. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to stab next week on a video feed. We're stabbing pig heads. <laughs> we're biting through leather jackets. I have Don't an email it. on the pig head stabbing. So you know, I actually want to because we had a surprising amount of play on that. I actually want to engage you in a discussion of how we can make that happen. Uh, because there's a but- there's a local okay. butcher shop that I think we might be able to to get something like that done. All right. Um, and I've got some ideas. Some true like, MythBuster style. My, my main thing is I on. don't want to like just like wantonly waste food. I get it's a pig head, but maybe we could offset it with a donation. You know, a, like a bald move donation to a food bank. You you should adopt a pig. No, as, no, a, as a pet. No, I think so. No, yeah, Vito. just keep it in your apartment. Just uh, a tea that's, out on the balcony. So you're maybe? suggesting I get a tea cup pig and then uh-huh. stab it no no what kind of nazi no shit no is no this, stab man? a full-grown dead oh. pig's head but adopt a pig and then to offset, offset the pig tax okay yeah fine good we, god we... what kind of monster do you think i am well although i'm gonna be cheering when i, I see this baby foot in the sink later so <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know if i have a long enough podcast to fully detail that question <laughs> anyway we should move on um where were we at oh yes uh they make it to edison's apocarthy apothecary Apo. I'm glad it wasn't Martinez's apothecary because then my failure would be complete. Uh, and it seems like it's been a recent site of a horde gathering. There's bloody fingerprints all over just that particular oh, area, it. which is starting to weave a grim tale that we will find inside. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Eugene has led Abraham to a machine shop slash foundry and reveals his master plan. They're going to go into ammo production, Jim. Super which- smart. I think because he's like it's 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 going to be great for trade. It's going to be great for 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 strong defense, right? Um, I mean, he's talking like a politician here. I mean, I he's going to make Alexander great again. Here's the thing: I don't know why you need a huge setup to do this. I've seen people do this on YouTube with a freaking stove pipe, sure, uh, no, yeah. cooker, and a it's and not a hard. bowl of molten lead. Like they're greatly uh, overestimating how hard it is to produce. Now, right. The Maybe the is, mass production might might require. And if they were in a machine, and, new shell of like casings, 
Uh, but they're re they're spent casings. Is they're what they're, they're going to recycle that, which is what most people do. The only thing I then certainly gunpowder would be fairly easy to come by or even make, right? But the primers, the things that the hammer clicks down and actually makes the gunpowder go off. I don't know how they're going to. Maybe that's why they need a machine mm. shop to manufacture that the firing pins and stuff. Or, no, that's in the gun. That's itself, in the gun. Yeah. But the thing to charge it the actually thing that hits. Yes. Gotcha. Um, I, I don't know how complex because I've never heard of anyone making those themselves. They usually that's another consumable. Usually, those aren't part of the spent casings. No, those usually are part either, of the bullet. Well, they're part. They're spent, so you'd have to reload them, and you you start like the way I understand. You start with the huh. the the, the okay. primer, the cap, and then the powder, and then the 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 bullet itself, the lead. Oh. But I mean, eventually, if you have a full machine shop that. and foundry, you could do everything. You just right. you know have to get to a certain level of sophistication. But yeah, I mean that's which just time go to a and, library. Yeah, I mean, shit, you'll yeah. find books on that. Yeah, and and, and know, the maybe... books aren't looted. I can almost guarantee that. The other thing, although the, the, the easiest way to, to go about this, now you're not going to have like you know magazine fed guns, but you could also just muzzle load. Right. Like there's like you go to a hunting store and clean out a bunch of muzzle loaders and. Uh-huh. You're going back four or five hundred years technology, but that shit still works. Yeah, and you'll probably still have the advantage on people who've spent all their if they're, full auto. If the state bullshit. of the art is spears yeah. and knives. Hell yeah, you will. Also, bullets, I imagine, make great currency in this world. Yeah, like sure. If you need to trade for food or other supplies, bullets are probably pretty valuable. Yes, like that would be like you wouldn't have to kill for the hilltop anymore. You could just supply them for their defense. Yeah, and that's what you could do, and you could pretty much name your price. I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Abraham's impressed. A wild zombie approaches and is covered in a lead crown, which I know we've talked about this a lot. But does can heat fucking kill a zombie brain? Because uh, if you pour molten cares? lead on a brain, right. it's got to be destroyed. I don't care. It was real cool. <laughs> a simple like, I get puncture it. can kill a zombie brain, but molten lead can't the fuck. I'm I'm trying not to think about it, man. Okay. I'm trying my hardest because it was a cool scene, and Eugene's a dumbass for not realizing he can't sure. machete his way through this. Like, I get it. You're not the world's greatest fighter, but did here's, you... Here's what we do. Yeah. We get the pig head. We stab it through. If that works, oh, pour molten lead on molten top lead. and try and chop it. I can't see anything would go wrong with us <laughs> fucking around with molten lead. I saw Johnny Tremaine. I know how this ends. Live on camera. <laughs> okay. Um, there is Abraham is on fire this episode. He yeah. comes out with the first of many great Abrahamisms, which is uh, uh, Eugene is pissed. That he jumped in here and saved his life. And you can see Abraham, he was giving him a fair shot. He's like, strike one, strike two, strike three, I'm stepping in. And he's like, you didn't have any authority to do that. It's like, what, to save your life? You'd have better luck picking up a turd by the clean end. <laughs> that's a great line. I, that's And I've never actually heard that one before. That's, that's a real mm-hmm. strong one. Yeah. Uh, and Eugene demands an apology, which, you know, Eugene just... I, he's he's a he's a special kind of guy because I remember the time Abraham laid him the fuck out. Uh-huh. Now, I, granted, Abraham's not that angry anymore, and Eugene thinks he's tougher than he was. I just you're really pushing your luck here, Eugene. Completely. Uh, his rationale for it it's hilarious because Abraham is getting Abrahamed here. Sure. His rationale of I most certainly needed your assistance from Houston to here but you've outlived your usefulness to me. That's essentially what he did to Rosita this last episode. True. Like, I appreciate the boning from Houston to here, 
but I don't need you anymore. I'm upgrading. Uh, <sighs> yeah. He doesn't see it, and I don't think the writers maybe see it. I don't think that's ever even hinted that's at. That's the thing, because I don't know how... There's some kind of subtle, clever things been going on in the last few weeks. I'm not sure I'm ready to give him the credit, or if this is happening organically, accidentally. They don't even wink at it, which is strange yeah. to me. And I, I feel like most of the time they do, if they know that they're doing something clever. Hmm. But they did but have kind of a, just... a bit of a three-way relationship, because that was one of Rosita and Abraham's road gags, is fuck in front of Abraham. Or, I'm sorry, Eugene, so Eugene right. could get in on the action. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the thing is, is so Abraham kind of does a Rosita Eugene or a Rosita Daryl thing here by abandoning Eugene, who just said, "I've got the knowledge and know how to repack ammo." What you just said is an amazing <laughs> idea, and now you're going to let him wander off and maybe die. Here's the thing, though. You called it during the live watch. You yeah. said he's he's doing a dad move here. Yes, that's which what is saves to it for say, me. okay, kid. Try your luck. Yeah. Is I think what you were getting at. Yeah. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to watch you. And I'll and, be there to catch you if you really and fall hard. And that explains the, what happens later in the episode, which that's, yeah, that's you're how absolutely I'm right. excusing this. That he, he was playing it safe by just letting him shit his pants, but he's going to sweep in before anything terrible yeah. happened. No, you totally called that. Okay. <laughs> so they enter uh, the, our power trio here. Daryl, Rosita, and Denise enter Edison's. And Daryl's worried about her throwing her oatmeal up, which is prescient. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denise is waxing nostalgic over photos of children, and damn, did they all score, because there is a fully stocked pharmacy in this Edison's joint that has me eating my words. If I ever right? need medicine no, I mean, on the East Coast, on... I'm looking for the apothecary. Oh my god, he said it. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's it, random yeah, roll the dice. There is, there is... Drugs, drugs galore in this pharmacy. Sure, it's a full-on pharmacy. I mean, the 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 bad news is it's basically all GNC stuff. <laughs> it's like wheat protein and creatine and wolf urine, herbal and, shit. Yeah, some melatonin, uh, vitamin E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's just full of one of days. Then Denise loses her damn mind. She hears a lone walker knocking around in the closet and decides to investigate, even though the adults in the situation told her not to. She goes there, she pokes the door open and stands looking at a gaping black hole. And then she I don't, she, op- she raises her flashlight. I'm like, you don't lead the goddamn flashlight? <laughs> She's p- poking around there, finds a zombie with a broken leg who has moldered into nothingness. Moldered. I like that word considering the, the flashlight thing. Because I always think of X Files uh, when I think of leading with a flashlight. Sure, she's she's moldering. Yeah. Uh she sees a crib and I'm like, oh god, Jim's gonna get his goddamn zombie. Hell yeah, I thought I was. And you kinda sorta did, because apparently this woman I suppose drowning a zomb drowning a baby. Well, here's my thing. Why isn't that a zomb baby? Right. It's a it's a mutilated, soggy, here's, wet, but here's my theory. Uh huh. I think it did turn into a zombie baby, yeah. and I think the mother didn't realize that would happen. And when it did, it became doubly horrific for her, and she killed herself. Uh, because so there's a scenario set up here, and this is one of the most effective and yeah, creepiest scenes sure. in Walking there's Dead all that in a hush, long hush, time. Hush, yeah. uh, my my scenario here is woman and baby, woman and young child get trapped in this building with zombies all around the front, indicated by the handprints. They get in here, and the kid is screaming and yelling, sure. and she's trying to calm them down with my baby books situation. and toys, and mm-hmm. it, it won't shut up. She's writing hush on the walls. Uh, or she I might think, have I think written the hush, hush comes afterward. later after yeah, she loses It's like a clear mind. sort yeah. of thing. Yep, yep. Uh, 
so she she drowns the kid to save herself uh-huh. to keep him quiet, and then I th- I think what happens here is it comes back. The kid comes back as a zombie baby, uh-huh. and she goes, "Oh fuck, that's dark," huh. and she goes crazy, writes "Hush" on the walls, and kills herself. But then throws the kid. So I think so. So she, she smothered because you can see like a mother smothering her child. I, I think she killed the kid again. Like oh, once so it she came threw back. it in the tub. No, no, no. I mean, I think she it was drowned in the the sink or tub or whatever mm. that is, and then it came back and she killed it. Okay, like outright, and then killed herself. All right. Not that I want to dwell on this too much, but it's fucking. I think creepy. she might have suffocated accidentally, and then it comes back and she threw it in the tub, not knowing to do. But my my maybe, bottom line is, why so. isn't that little foot squirming around? I think she killed it again. How, yeah. How would she know how to do that? I, you can figure that out. I guess early, but she seems like she's been there. Like, I mean, if from the beginning, if it's in there, going ah, maybe drawing more zombies, she might need to kill it again. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it was pretty. It's it, regardless, creepy. it's it's fucking dark. Any scenario you want to yeah. spin, it's pretty bad, and it really leaves her shaken. And she retreats outside the boutique, and this is like again, you got saviors patrolling the streets, presumably. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Do you want to be the lone sad woman sitting outside? Yeah. With the two badasses rummaging and, and clearing out the pharmacy. Whatever. Uh Daryl comes out and tries to make her feel better by saying, Hey, you did a good job finding this place. And she starts talking about her brother. One thing I forgot to mention is she pilfers a Dennis name tag from the store. Apparently her her mother and father is a special sort of people that think it's a gag to name twin kids Dennis and Denise. I'm right. not. I, maybe there's there's a there's a, a Jeff and Jeffina out there. Well, it's always I, sunny. I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, it's sunny. Dennis and D. Oh, uh, but that's I, not as it's not quite as yeah as bad. But what's D's actual name? It's Desandra. Uh, is that it? Oh, is that what it? Yeah, just, you're right. I think so. Bird Lady. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's not as bad. You're right. But I, I know, like Dennis you know, you Denise. got George For It's like the extreme version of George Foreman, where all of his kids are George. Right, that's the worst. It, it seems like, I mean, you can do whatever you want with your kids, but it seems like you're setting yourself up for failure when you name my, them something that's going to get confused. My parents head. had a problem just remembering me and my brother's names, and they're not similar at all. Yeah. And you put a Dennis and a Denise up there. It's going to be a shit show. You're setting yourself up for your kids not listening to you. Yeah. Uh, so, I should have known she was a goner when she started talking about her brother and her and Daryl found common cause and they're badass. Although she doesn't really put forth why he was such a badass. And I think that Daryl's yeah. being both charitable and uncharitable by comparing her to uh, to uh, his brother. But uh, anyway, uh, Daryl, because I think he's in this make Denise happy mode, decides to take the tracks back or maybe because he's flush with victory and he, he thinks that there's no ambush, whatever. Uh, while they're walking home, they come across another random car pileup that's endemic throughout the zombie apocalypse. And Denise spots a cooler. And Daryl and Rosita say, don't bother, keep walking. She decides to go get it, Let's... almost gets herself killed in the process, and then throws up on her glasses. It's pretty much, other yeah. than dying, the worst case scenario for... Yeah, oh, God. I mean, I guess you clean it off on the walker sure. shirt. And I, I don't. I think it. you just put them in your pocket until you get back to base and wash them off with water. Okay. Hopefully your stomach acid doesn't etch the glass. So there's something weird happening here with with Daryl and Rosita, and they're like, just let it be sort of thing, right? Like, 
So they say it in the the pharmacy. They're like, it's not worth the trouble to go take out this walker. It sounds like it's stuck. Let's just get the stuff we want and get out. Uh, Now, we know that was certainly not his attitude when they were on the road with a goddamn truck full of supplies. Uh Food, supplies, pasta makers. He learned his orange crush lesson. So I think he... I think he did, uh, because then Although, again, he tells her, like, yeah, not worth it. Let's keep going. We Orange got the Crush load. is the reason he found Jesus. So maybe, That's true. Maybe he learned the opposite lesson. Is that a blessing or a curse? Do I, we know yet? Uh, you know, I think Jesus is a good man, a good good person to have on your side. Probably. Yeah. A good entity. But yeah, it does seem like he has learned some kind of lesson, uh, but but I get the impression that that's kind of standard operating procedure because Rosita's totally on board with it from the jump. Sure. So I don't know, and, and I know she, he was trying to do uh, Denise a favor with that Orange Crush thing back a few episodes, but sure. something doesn't line up quite quite right. Uh, so Daryl, uh, so as you say, she finds a six pack that mysteriously has a orange crush. It's almost like it's meant to be DIY six pack. Yep. And Daryl and Rosita dress her down, but she talks this mess about needing to do something for her, for Tara. And I'm like rolling my eyes so hard. Cause I was hoping, I remember in the live watch, I'm like, I hope at the end of this mess, Daryl and Rosita immediately says, start back into, are you stupid? What the fuck? You know, yeah. like just like she didn't say anything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But instead, the show throws a massive curveball and shoots a fucking crossbow bolt. Daryl Dixon's own crossbow yeah. bolt uh-huh. to add insult to injury through her eye socket. And it's kind of amazing. It's so yeah. shocking. No, it's, and like the fact good. that she keeps talking is. Mm-hmm fucking weird and plausible and right i thought that was well done um it was definitely shocking to me uh i i still want to talk a little bit more about what denise is saying here her point is that daryl and rosita are two sides of the same fucked up closed off coin and they're too good and they're too smart to fall into that trap right and this stuff about like you you want to you have to take chances if you want to live uh I think she means live, like, quote-unquote live, like, have a life sort of thing, uh, which means she's trying to take chances to get this soda for Tara, and, like, she's trying to have a life here, but, but not you, just survive. you can't take chances and, and have a life. You take calculated risks is what you take, not wild, yeah, ridiculous, sloppy chances, yeah. uh, which I feel like is what she's taking. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Like I said, I don't. And you can tell I, she I misses know. her family too, which is what I she identifies with Rosita, sure. who's alone. And... Not her family, because it sounds like her her mom and dad are alcoholics. Um, well, th- she's she's strong... alone. Like, okay, maybe it's not like she, specifically her family. I think she definitely misses her brother. But yeah, her mom and dad. She could probably take her leave. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk she, more she about? She might inspire some strength in herself. Like she's trying to learn from Rosita or something. I get that, but There's again, a dual you're purpose the, here. You're the town medic. Like I wish someone had right. made that point. And she has enough strength. I mean, Denise has a sure. fairly strong character yes. mentally. She doesn't yes. need to be physically tough like no. the rest of these people. That's something like I can't believe the show fell into that dichotomy because. And I, you know, the objections that Daryl and Rosita had to her coming along wasn't that you're our doctor and what you do is important and we can't go without what you're doing for us. It was all, you've never been out there and you're not experienced and you don't. And I'm like, that's the wrong tack to take. Yeah. And not everyone needs to be a fighter. Yeah. And and strength 
there's mental strength, there's physical strength, all kinds of strength in this this world, and she possesses one of them. Remind her of that, and let her let her be that. But you know what? I'm not even mad because the show swiftly and brutally punished the stupidity. It did, <laughs> uh, and it was like I was in shock. I did not see this coming. I didn't either. Uh, Should have, but I didn't. And the show just keeps getting more and more epic from here. It's <laughs> yes. this this co- show completely turns around. Not that I was necessarily bummed by what it was doing. I was kind of confused, and, but kind of interested. And uh-huh. like I was intrigued by the ammo idea, but everything gets epic from here on out. Yep. Uh, because the man who steps out with a small posse of uh, guys with shotguns and rifles is the douchebag Dwight, who now mm-hmm. is sporting a pretty radical facial scar. And he is the guy who stole uh, Daryl's bike last season yep. with his uh, girl. Anthony and, Anthony wrote in uh, an email and says, I'm going to call him White because he's missing the D. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call sure. him White from here on out. Sure. Anthony, thank you for the nickname. Although I just, you know, I, I'm, I went on I, I went on record saying you can't really bite bite through skin if, if you got some sturdy true. outerwear. But so. you can squeeze. You can That's squeeze. True. There's, there's a crush. There's a crush amputation uh-huh. that, that, that you're always at risk with. Um. Oh God, that reminds me of a really terrible re- thing I saw on Reddit this weekend. Nope. 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 Keep keep <laughs> keep going. Um. Shit. Where was I at? Oh yes. Imagine how pissed you'd be. So this guy. Oh yeah, Daryl has his face burnt off. Uh huh. His dick mangled. Yep. By by Eugene's chompers. Good for sure. At the very least, it's gonna have some problems for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh. This guy's got to come back with a vengeance, right? I mean. How pissed off can you get? This guy, I'm, yeah. I'm. If I was this guy, I'd worry about Daryl because he's got his gut. He's got his bow back. That's true. He has got a hard on for killing you, and he's not going to rest until that's done. But I'm saying like anger levels. He's been deformed, both top and bottom. He should be pretty pissed off. Daryl's going to be like biting your dick off, is letting you off easy. Maybe he's going to get backwoods medieval on this guy. Uh yeah, so there's a standoff as you allude to. There's our men screaming. Uh, they'd say, "Look, here's how it's going to go down. You're going to take us back to your settlement, and you're going to let us take whatever and menacingly whoever we want, and that's the way it's going to be." Yep. And Eugene turns traitor, and at this point, I'm just a gibbering mass of like rage. Like first, Denise sacrifices herself, for, and now this shitbag is uh-huh. giving up Abraham, who's creeping up from behind these barrels. With I'm like, yes, yes, Abraham's going to regulate all these guys. Like, yeah. you know, I was getting angry too at Eugene <sighs> until I realized what he was doing. Uh, so anyway, he. He he seemingly outs Abraham, but it leads to one of the greatest moments in Walking Dead history, where Eugene just turns into a pit bull and chomps down on Dwight's dick and doesn't let go forever. <laughs> it's like a full minute. It's just constant panning back to him still buried in his crotch and Dwight screaming. This is what I love. Like when Walking Dead gets this silly and just goes for it. Like you know sure. what. Fuck it. We're going to have it's him chow down for a minute. It's like Rick tearing the dude's throat out, only uh-huh. crazier. And funnier and, and, and still, like, believable and workable. It's, and it's Eugene with this b- braided mullet. It's <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good. 
And it's also it's truly amazing. Above yeah. all else, it's a really effectively shot action scene. That's true. Like it's yeah. very like I love the different perspective, like the point of views where you can see kind of like you you got a clear idea of where everyone is at and uh-huh. where and the, the bullets were shooting and the co- use of cover. And-, and Eugene had given Abraham up after Abraham had already moved. Like, yes, kind of kind of getting a flanking position. He it- made his he, he's making his moment, man. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. I, this is one of the. One of the best moments I can remember in Walking Dead, period. And it tur- the dick bite turns into a total rout because Abraham starts dropping fools. Rosita and Daryl pick up guns. They start dropping fools. Uh, White now is screaming, fall back. Uh, Daryl really, really, really wants to chase after Dwight and put a bolt through his brain, but uh, he doesn't. Rosita and uh, gets him not to. He does get to reclaim his, his bow. And then we transition into well, this... well, hold on. Okay. Before we move, uh, his crossbow. So I'm wondering what kind of audible Eugene's calling here. I could imagine a scenario in which Rosita's training has really just been all about biting dicks. <laughs> look, you're and no then good Eugene at... is just following instructions. You, you just, yeah, look, uh, Eugene, this is your stage two. You're no good with machete. Ever since Abraham broke up with her, it's like, go sure. for the dick. First thing, <laughs> boom, kick him in the crotch. Bite it if you have to, Eugene. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, when, when you're on your knees in front of a superior force and your hands are bound, go for the dick. Although I don't think his hands are bound. Eh, he didn't use them either no, way. No, he just jaws a life, man. Uh-huh. Uh, so at this point, uh, the song Chapel fires up with, uh, the, the, the singer Nicole, uh, Dollenganger. Yeah, this is a serious Don Ganger. It is. And it's kind of a weird fit, because you got this girl in a baby voice singing about getting married and going to a chapel with, uh... Yeah. But there's also some stuff about it there. I, I thought it was pretty spooky and effective. I guess I wouldn't call it a remix or cover. Mm, but it's also a remix version. Oh, it is. It's called like the Princess Mix or something. Hmm. Yeah, I, okay. I, I uh, Shazam failed me. I had to track this down through lyrics, the, through song lyrics, because I Shazammed huh. it and it hmm. said episode six, uh, fourteen, Walking Dead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Thank you. Thank worthless. you. Thank you. Uh, so I had to track it down through lyrics and I found it on YouTube, and I guess it's a remix of a cover. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe that's why I had trouble finding it. But uh, how did it know? Eh, anyway, let's keep moving. They make their way back to Alexandria, where Eugene's uh, recovering from Gray's bullet and three inches of dick lodged into his, his throat. Uh, You're not very generous on old white there. Hey, it's just the tip, baby. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, uh, so he was just biting what was available. He wasn't like, trying to hoover it up or like you know having a lady to tramp spaghetti scene with it. Come on now. Um but he and then this this oh show just keeps getting greater because him and Abraham's serious respect for the dick bite. <laughs> you know, uh, Eugene. You know how to bite a dick, Eugene, and I mean that with the utmost respect. <laughs> <laughs> and he sincerely apologizes for questioning his. Sis, and yeah. they play it so dead straight. It is. It's the greatest thing. It's so awesome. It is. It really is. Uh. Abe then goes to Rosita and, or not, sorry, Sasha, and essentially yeah. says, "Life's too short to waste time. Even if I get thirty years for, that's not long enough. I don't want, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, he, he Aerosmiths her. He doesn't want to miss a day." And right. she says, "All right, Steven Tyler, come inside." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm getting the. I just finished baking a batch of animal crackers. <laughs> 
indeed. Daryl and Carol are burying Denise, which I guess that implies they went back for her because it was all the group could handle to muscle Eugene yeah. down those tracks. What vehicle were they in? Did they drag that him tr- all the way back the- to the truck and then come back for Denise? Well, you never. Yeah, I guess you don't know how far along the tracks they were. That's true. Yeah. Either. Uh, so Daryl and Carol are, are bearing Denise and Daryl's hitting the bottle. Now, granted, it's a very tiny, tiny airline size bottle, but he's hitting that fucker hard. Yeah. And she says, you were right. I knew it when you said it. What is she talking about? The fact that he should have killed that guy. I, I guess, but I, does I, she again, know I feel like this that? is another like... clue. This is another clue to what she's doing. And I don't quite get it. Next scene, okay. we find out that Kara leaves Tobin a Dear John letter, and she says, I basically, I love you, and I love everyone here, and I know that I have to kill for you to protect you because... Oh, that's that's what's going on here, the killing that? to protect. So this is the impetus for her leaving. This is the, the final straw. Uh, Daryl comes back after Denise has been killed by a guy he should have killed. Ah. Uh, if he had killed him, uh, he would have been protecting Denise yeah, along the way. But it would have been a preemptive And she kill. realizes that I can't kill anymore, which means I can't protect the ones I love, and so it's better for me not to be here. Well, it's also kind of an interesting philosophical exploration of should you just kill everyone that you right. meet that doesn't immediately come to your side? Yeah. Uh, it kind of feels like that's the road they're going down. You join us or die sort of thing? Yeah. Essentially, but then how do you know that they're not just lying to you, trying to get in your community, and then well, that's what the jail's for, the I would suppose. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Uh, and she says, you know, Rick exiled me, and I wasn't ever supposed to come back, but it kind of life worked out that way. But I realize that's a mistake, and I'm going going like I always should have. And please don't come after me. And we hear another creaking of the smoking bench. And it's a very close in on Morgan. Don't do it, Morgan. And I feel like he's going to have to fix the situation. He's definitely going to go after her. No doubt about it. What is with all the Rubbermaid trays of guns being moved around? I didn't understand what they were doing. They had like just piles and piles of guns that two people were shuffling in carts you down think, the streets of Alexandria. You think maybe they're mounting up? They're like, they're saying, oh, there are more saviors out there. We need to protect ourselves. So they're going to start patrols? Like, I feel like that's not the Or more guards. Like, just have... Just d- defend the town a little bit better. Well, the other not thing that's interesting in is the whole reason they took Denise on this is she says it's the the the, uh, the the Edisons is not that far. So this war band of Dwight and the saviors... And, and they also know about the place, which exactly. implies that they've yeah. seen it. I think they're defending. They're, they're getting they're ready half, for a fight. Maybe they're having to mount up and, and go after him. I don't know. That's interesting, though. Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, do you... I mean, if if you're wanting to up the guards on the wall, just have the guards swing by the armory. But that makes sense if they're actually going to load up the RV for war again. Or just hand these guns out. Keep guns in your house, people. Because we might need these at a moment's notice. Mm. There might be an alarm go off, and we just got to spring into action. Yeah, that's true. And it sucks losing Carol at this moment, because they probably need her. Although, if she can't kill, she's useless. I don't know what the point of having an art... Like, everyone should be armed with probably a, a backup piece and a long long gun right it's right. like it should be everyone you trust model. i think yeah like you, should... you, you turn 16 and you get uh-huh. a gun keep it over your mantle and learn how to an alarm it. learn how to shoot a gun and bite a dick yep yep and, and preferably that order <laughs> right <laughs> one, dick, one is more effective dick bites a last resort right. right so there you go that's the episode man yeah uh I'm i'm not totally at peace with this carol thing 
I, Me I feel either, like but I don't think we're supposed to be. Her deals, check and deuces, and heading out is is not completely. They at least drew kind of a squiggly line toward it. Uh, it wasn't just a complete like straight line. They did some building up, sure. Um, but I feel like she went a little too far. Okay, with rebanishing herself now for very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, I feel like we're supposed to be unsettled with it. And Morgan they're... clearly is. He feels guilty. Um, you can see it on I'm his face. I'm not sure what he feels, but he definitely, I feel like Well, this... it's his moralizing that, that caused her to leave town. Yep. And now right. he knows she's in danger out there by herself. I can't see a scenario in which he doesn't go for her, go out and try to find her. Do you think there's a her? scenario where they just walk to Earth together and they go, they kind of go off hand in hand in the sunset and we never, like Morgan's built a prison. Right. Uh, Carol arguably done more to save the group in the uh-huh. last two seasons than anyone, and that's just that they, they leave in peace, and we never find out what happens to them. That's kind of cool. If they come to some understanding where, look, neither of us are going to kill, yeah. and we both understand the implications of that. But we still let's need, go. it's not good to be alone. Right, right. I could see that. Totally. That would be kind of an interesting evolution. Uh, so I got, a, I, I got a tip for our listeners. Mm, do you? It's, it's, it's just a tip. Mm-hmm. Maybe more of a bloody stump. Uh, they should join the club. If if, if uh, you're like at the end of the week, like, oh, damn, I wish I had more uh, bald move. Well, you can go to club.baldmove.com. For as little as a buck a month, you can get uh, several extra podcasts of content. You can get access to video feeds. You can, It's the quickest way to get any of our podcasts. You can get several hours earlier by just watching us record it. I mean, you can't get any faster than a live stream of us actually producing the podcast. It's true. Get access to VIP forums where you can uh, perhaps shape the future of Bald Move. Uh, you get uh, uh, a lot of other premium uh, content. Ad-free feeds, so you never have to uh, hear me awkwardly shoehorning in the club into some kind of content that's based on the week's episode, if that's <laughs> your thing. Uh, you can get all that at club.baldmove.com. And again, it's 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 just a buck a month if you sign up for a year. Two bucks a month if you go month to month. And it's a great way to support our independent podcast. And if you can't do that, can't be arsed to do that, then you can, if you if you shop online, specifically through Amazon, please remember to use amazon.baldmove.com. It redirects you instantly to Amazon, and now your cart is supercharged with love for Bald Move. And everything you purchase on that session uh, we get a teeny tiny cut of, and uh, it adds up into something special at the end of the month. And that specialness is us continuing to do podcasts. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Thanks in advance for all your support. And uh, check out the club, club.baldmove.com. Let's get the feedback. I'm entertaining some stuff here from previous episodes and some stuff we talked about. As is your want. Right. Uh, we'll start off with Zach P. with some, some uh, thoughts about skull penetration on The Walking Dead. He can say, Skull fucking. as a hunter of 20 years, it's nearly impossible to penetrate bone with even the sharpest and highest quality blades. Really? When processing a deer, we use an electric reciprocating saw with a wood blade to cut through bone. And when oh. cutting off limbs or tails, you still need to get your knife blade in between bone joints to be effective. But but we're talking like femurs and shoulder blades and ribs and sh- I mean, like, I, I, I figured a skull would be something different. So stabbing a skull would be akin to stabbing through a two-by-four board. While technically possible, it would require Gregor Clegane-level strength to penetrate. Holy shit. Much less make it look easy. So, I, I don't know. Seems Sounds like the like pig might a, be a, a fool's errand, then. says, yet another AMC physics remix. <laughs> they do love their physics remixes. Well, you got the zombies, you know, they're the, the, 
the standing remix, so why not? Mushheads. I think we should call them Mushheads from mm, now on because mm. that's what they are. Uh, JTB says, I just got my girlfriend to start watching The Walking Dead in this past year, and she is getting into it. So last night we started the show at season one. Wow, does everyone look young. I've yeah. never rewatched the episode, so although I know what happens, some parts I forget. What really got me was the zombie actions in the first few episodes. In the first two episodes, zombies do actions we never see again, like trying doorknobs. Climb a fence. Picking up rocks, climbing fences. Uh, and and he had forgotten all about the actions, and even his girlfriend said, I didn't know they could do that. That's one so, that I covered in my book that it, I did for the first season and haven't quite got done to finishing for any of the others. But yeah, it is shocking to go back and see the Darabont-era zombies yeah, and what they were capable of versus now. Yeah, he questions, like, should they bring back these smart zombies? And I honestly, I think the show has moved past zombies as the, as the threat. It's more of like a sideshow now. Uh, it would have I, been I don't s- need smart zombies. I need smart survivors is yes. what I need. It would have been interesting to – because I think one of the things you could say is that the – more the more fresh the zombie corpses, the more yeah. it might have those echoes of life and the be limber and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, and it would be cool a variety to kind of like you know you have to treat different zombies differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of do that. I mean, they're getting more decayed looking, sure. but but their capabilities just fell off a cliff. Yeah, but it, it's weird now because like when you watch Fear the Walking Dead, the zombies kind of look like season one walk, where they're just uh-huh. kind of like have a pallor to them, but they're. Makes sense, Freshly though. dead. Yeah. But even recently dead human zombies on this show tend to, like, instant decay. Right. Like, they uh, look way... Like, like I'm thinking of, like, Denise. Or, or not, not Denise, I'm sorry. I uh, think it was jo- John or Deanna. David or whatever last episode didn't, which was kind of cool. Mm. He just kind of looked like a dude with a little bit of gray makeup on. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I was thinking Deanna mm. looked a lot more corroded than I would have thought she would have. Of course, she'd been walking out in the woods for, like, two, three weeks, too. Right. Uh, Considering what the show looks like, let's move on to Jill's email. I have a question for you that I don't think you've ever discussed in the podcast. My son began watching Walking Dead now that he's old enough. We haven't been watching it together, so... uh, Sorry, we have been watching it together so that we can talk through some of the themes when we're watching it on Netflix. After the third episode, my son asked me how old the show is, and I explained that season one came out in 2010, and he was surprised because he said the quality of the film was so grainy and old-looking he thought it was much older. Uh, She goes on, this is something I often think about uh, when I'm watching the show live. I'm watching on a fairly old, uh, sorry, fairly new HDTV, and the quality of the picture always feels grainy and like it was recorded in an old VHS tape and left to sit for a few years. Do you think that this is a choice by the show creators to reflect some sort of genre? Uh, I think it partially is. I don't know how much of that is true today, but I know that the the pilot and, and a lot of the first season, maybe the entire thing, was shot on 16-millimeter film specifically for that reason. It gave them, like, this grainy kind of look that worked really well with the makeup. Uh-huh. And so they were able to do a lot better effects that way. Yeah, it looks like they're still... Because I, I looked up, there's this article uh, about the film stock that they're using for uh, The Walking Dead. And they're talking about using a tungsten balance film stock, a particular type. And okay. I thought, well, maybe they switched to digital, but even as late as 2015, they're still shooting it on 16 millimeter, gotcha. which gives a natural gritty look. So yeah, that's why because so much, and especially if your son is watching like YouTube and stuff, mm-hmm. like so many people are shooting on digital where it just has this crisp, clean look to it. Yeah, and apparently that's also something to help the zombie effects because right. it hides yeah. some of the sins that, that you know some of the sure. latex scenes. Yep. 
clearly we were looking shit up and not listening to what I was saying because I just said that. <laughs> oh, well, sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was, I, 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 was re- I was reading as you were talking, sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Melissa says, I was wondering if you could address your feelings about the people for whom this world is becoming too much. Tyrese, Morgan, and now Carol. Why are these people made out to be pathetic and weak? To never be comfortable with the state of the world as it, as it is now shouldn't be shameful, I believe, to not want to kill. If someone is not a mass murderer now in the normal world, why should they want to be then? Um, what? If someone's not a mass murderer now in the normal world, why should they want to be in the zombie apocalypse? Uh, want be the operative word. Make no mistake, Rick and his group are now officially mass murderers. They attack and kill. I would personally never find it acceptable, even in that world, and I would rather be dead than live there. I identify with Tyrese and hated that he was considered weak. And she, she goes on, and I think this is but that's a thing, like you... worthy of reading because okay. because she's apparently taking a lot of shit. She says, you don't have to necessarily read this on air. I've been virtually ridiculed in the past for voicing my opinion on this subject before. It seems the vast majority of watchers are on board with him being terrifying uh, and are not getting the message that I believe the writers have been trying to convey, that they are now killers and should not necessarily be a desirable thing in any world. I think we're supposed to see them and their downward spiral as sad and depressing, but no one does, it seems. So if either of you happen to agree and think this topic may be worthy of discussion, that would be awesome. If not, thanks anyway. Yeah, I think it's particularly relevant this week with the stuff that's going on with Carol um, leaving because she can't kill to protect those she loves. I, I guess I fall into that trap of kind of just saying, you know, it's a changed world. And like Eugene, you should let that world shape you a little bit. Uh, now, maybe they've gone too far. I don't know. I think the, you know, moralizing aside, Morgan's point is valid in the church last episode. They don't necessarily have to go out and attack. Uh, I think it was probably smart if you want to defend your community, but but it is a shade of, of going a little too far. Well, I think her, her point is taken. You know, no, we need to I, at I least think it, about it. And the I other, think the writers are. The logical conclusion is that the emailer would not be alive in a zombie apocalypse, or at least not for long. And if you're fine, yeah, and right. she even says, I'd rather die than become like that, that's fine. That's a choice. But I guess I'm from the school of thought. And I don't know if I could. I mean, that's like saying I'd storm the beaches of Normandy. I don't know. I mean, I could be right. I could be dead, too. I'm just saying that I feel like I'm more inclined to choose life. Now there are things I wouldn't do. Like I don't. I would hope I wouldn't kill like innocent people. Um, but there you start getting these gray areas where who's innocent? How do like, you determine that? Yeah, and and you know, especially when you have people that are feigning uh, to need help and and taking advantage of people's human emotions to right uh, to take advantage of them. I don't think it's black and white. Um, it's not. It's a moral choice, I think. But yeah, I, I, I feel like you're supposed to ask those questions. That's yeah. part of the few charms that the show has is like, you know, what would you do? Where would your line be? Right. But I think she's also correct in saying that most people aren't thinking about that at all. They're just saying, yeah, go get them. Fuck them up. Well, I mean, I'm and that's guilty of that because when, I, when, watching these when shows. someone acts in what I would call a 21st century humane civilized manner, I, I say it's dumb. And I think I'm right. justified saying that in with if you take the primacy of life, if you're saying that living another day is the most important thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, but but even then, that's it's not really because like, you know, maybe like for Rick, let's take Rick, Carl living another day is more important than he himself living another day. Mm-hmm. 
um, and several other people living another day might be more important. But but the fact that the life itself has a primacy that like this it's it's special and it's sacred. It's 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 more maybe precious now than it was before when you know uh, death usually was you know. Nowadays, like you either live a nat, you either live until you face a natural death, and even then, if you have a natural death that's too young, it's seen as tragic, or you meet what's literally called a tragic end. Yeah, I mean that's that's most people, you know, don't come to end by violence or accident. It's you know, you have you live a certain time and you die. Right. I don't know. It does it does change the equation, and it's fine to ask all those questions, but like I, I guess I, I don't understand why a person would be defensive about it one way or another. Because if you're well, it's because it's not. I I get where she's coming from. It's not an opinion she sees expressed a lot. Hmm. It's not something that people seem to care about. This and I, she I does do feel like and, that the, and, I, it's for the especially American audience's ideal that you do have this this primacy of life, and that my life and the lives of those important to me are more important than strangers' lives. And right, so the, but there's also well, like most a, there's a people... glorification angle, and I feel like hmm. that's also where she's coming from. Like, look at a Scarface, look at a Godfather. Those are glorified examples of violence being... I guess that's true. It's glorified violence, right? Sure. I mean, people cheer those characters on. They don't go, look at what a bad guy he is. They yeah, They get but... behind those characters, and that's... That's what the internet in general, the the general viewing audience, seems to be doing with these heroes. And because they're being portrayed as heroes, even though they're committing these acts, but they I are don't heroic. think the show is doing enough to what? maybe impress upon us that this is not the best the best option for anybody. Is it the best option in zombie apocalypse? I mean, I think that's what they're trying to say is that Rick's group is kind of the best case scenario for a survivor. Right. It's not the best case scenario for a non-survivor. It's the best case scenario right. for, a, for Survivor in the zombie apocalypse. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I, I, I mostly saying. agree with you. Because I also think I mostly that, like, like, do what it takes to survive. When but. you talk about Godfather and Scarface, I feel like it's a weird sort of high road argument to be like, oh, it glorifies violence. And But, you know, the thing about those movies is usually it's glorifying violence of criminals, like bad criminals against worse criminals. So and that you it all ends badly for them. No and one it, in those movies makes out. Yes, which is why I enjoy shows like that, but I don't like things like Saw and Human Centipede where it's just violence and gore and death for its own sake, and there is really nothing that you can root for. Right. So, I don't know. You can root around in someone's guts and find a key. Sure, you do that. You certainly can. All right, moving on. Anthony P. says, So, because she feels bad about killing, she's going to run off into the wild where she will have to undoubtedly kill to survive? Talking about Carol. Uh, no, I think you're misreading that. The only reason she's leaving is because she can't kill to save the people she loves. And if she can't do that when she needs to do it, she'd rather not be around. And like a, uh, that's what like I'm, she's yeah. doing more harm being unable and she to will kill. Not kill. Like she'll right. be exactly like Morgan. We saw how Morgan rolled. And she knows that that's a huge mistake, but she's somehow compelled to follow in his path. He's not going to, she, he and she are not going to let you take their lives. And they will take Batman type. I guess that's measures. the problem I have is Carol realizes the mistake that Morgan is making, and she's making it herself. But I don't. I feel like she's coming around to saying, you know what, Morgan. I I think that we're supposed to understand that she's organically come to the conclusion that Morgan's right. That that is that he is choosing the best. Like like she's got the enviable freedom of taking of opting out. I don't have a child 
to worry about. I don't have a lover that depends on me. I am a single solitary, and I can just opt out of this scheme. And I can maybe protect my own life, but not at the expense of others. But do you see what I'm saying? Morgan's path did not work. And she realizes that, and that's what... It it didn't work. And that's why she says... I'm going to get people sure. killed. But it did who I it, love. It, it didn't work in the framework of a society. It would work if you're just walking the earth. Right. Right. I guess it, you're right. It does lead to a necessary path of action, which seems like what she's taken. So I guess I, the more I think about it, the more I don't really have a problem. I just feel like they missed a step or two to accurately convey why she's felt this way. And I think Sam was part of it. You know, just a whole, just confronting the horror of the fact that she can't even remember all the people she's killed as part of it. The fact that she was going to eat these Alexandrians alive for her own selfish end was part of it. You know, yeah, maybe it's more nuanced than I'm giving him credit for. Uh, no, I do I, think I there's a, like... there's a piece missing, but I I don't think it's as bad as maybe you know women to as did previous emailers point. Maybe we're all, we were all caught up in the rah rah Carol's Rambo. We certainly were, yeah. And we don't like it that she's not being cool anymore, quote-unquote. Uh-huh. I don't know. There's also something like... Man, I don't know how to put this thought to words. Never mind. Let's keep going. Dan from Philly. Uh, hey, guys, what... what? That's an incomplete sentence. Hey, hey guys. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, guys, what could have been a good episode? What could have been? It the happens, man. They tie, there's, you gotta, you gotta. Right, he's probably typing on a phone. <laughs> Got auto corrected out of trying to organically correct people's uh, typos that you missed when you're compiling is is one of the skills. Yep, so uh, you gotta bite a dick and you gotta be able to correct typos on the fly. <laughs> I'm I prepared for the first, not the latter. <laughs> uh, what could have been the first string of six episodes in a row that didn't make me want to put my foot through the TV? And these motherfuckers have to pull the same thing the show always does. Take a solid, fleshed-out character, have them do a 180-degree shift, and do something that absolutely makes no sense. Carol's letter in the end lays out everything good about where their lives are right now. So she leaves. Which, quite frankly, a ton of viewers are doing this year. Uh, Mm. Sure, she's killed 20 people, saved the group time and time again, has done every dirty job that needs to be done. But after a couple of Morgan platitudes, she's seeing the light. Six goddamn seasons of this and nothing changes. Uh, I wanted to leave that in there as, you know, the dissenting opinion because I felt like the vast majority of this was of, – of the Carol stuff was mostly positive. Yeah, again, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I like it, but – so it's interesting because I feel like that there's a lot of things in this episode I don't like, but not for the typical Walking Dead reasons of they're stupid or doesn't make sense or it's, it's like the I Denise don't – Denise thing is the only thing. Like I don't, I like, don't like Denise dying because I – I really liked her as a character. Sure, yeah. But she was in a situation she shouldn't have been in for dubious yeah. reasons, and she for paid real the bad price. writerly kind of reasons. Like we need her to go out, and we need her to get killed. And my, my only problem, my only problem was that Daryl and Rosita were objecting to her going out for the ex- for the wrong reasons. And and I, you know, and again, if if I'm in the writers' room and I haven't felt, I haven't come across a compelling reason to get Daryl and Rosita to let her come with me, then I would sit there until I found figured out another reason. Yeah, I mean But I, I got to, I you mean could I, have even had honestly her. though, dude, most of this this clunkiness is due to another fucking Kirkman remix. Right. Which that, we'll talk and about. And I gotta go to the spoiler section because a uh, lot yeah. of the clunkiness just comes to I know, I'll do this and damn whether it makes sense or not. But 
But this Carol, I, I think it's mostly a successful remix. It just you oh, you yeah. had to really like Daryl Dixon grind the fucking gears to 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 get it to go where you wanted to go. Right, but this Carol thing, I'm mostly with you. I think the 180 degree on Carol has been a little too, a little too severe. I think they should have gone about a 120 degree shift for her. Well, the thing is, is if she if Carol doesn't make it back this season, I will expect that in the months ahead, we will find out that she just didn't want to come back. And yeah. I and I and that's like sometimes you're put in that position that you got to make the you know a real life decision is forced upon you and you have to make the best of it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Denise. Uh, a lot of people do not like this Denise stuff. Um, Nick W starts out. I'm disappointed with the way that Denise went out in this episode. Until this point, Denise was growing on me as one of my new favorite members of Rick's group. However, this episode did a disservice to Denise's character by having her go off on a self righteous journey to prove that she is brave and can stand up with the rest of the badasses in the show. Uh, I'm not sure I completely agree with the characterization of her motives, but we'll go with it. What Denise failed to realize is that real bravery is not just going out on supply runs, killing walkers, and knowing the best moment to bite an enemy in the dick. <laughs> in, this real, in this world, real bravery is knowing your strengths and knowing how you can contribute to the success and well-being of the group, despite that, how that role makes you feel. Denise's desire to prove herself that she could be brave was a selfish, bullshit move that i didn't feel was within her character daryl rosita and denise should have known better than put her put the only doctor in such a dangerous scenario for no good reason not trying to bitch too much because i think this half of the season has been great so far but i just don't understand why the writers can't try harder to genuinely earn these moments rather than having characters make stupid decisions like this that put them in needless danger that ends up with characters dying well, no, I understand why Denise wanted to do this because this is more about her inability to go with Tara and to say I love you than yeah. about needing to be a badass. Right. And and also she justified in her own mind with also, you know, there's this like Mr. Rogers-esque, I'm going to help you be the best self you can be too, uh, you know, because that's my ability. And it blew up in her face. Literally, mm-hmm. it blew her, you know, the, the, her eyeball out of its socket. Uh-huh. But you know, I, I don't think I, I. If you're going to hate it, hate it for the right reasons. And the fact that she, this was, this is different than a lot of the childish. I'm going to prove my badassery. This is different than a lot of things Carl has pulled. This is different than a lot of things fucking Andrea pulled in season two. Uh, this right. was a different motivation. Same result, but I guess I. Again, my biggest problem is uh, Daryl and Rosita failing to stop her, not so much that Denise wanted to do this. Because Denise loves Tara. Point blank period. No, absolutely. As evidenced by her grabbing a cooler full of Cokes. Orange Crush. Uh, Nathan, just wanted to hear your thoughts on how convenient it was that right after Carol and Daryl talk about those people he met in the burnt woods, they magically showed up in the same episode. Does The Walking Dead not trust their audience to remember what Dwight looks like, or was the Daryl and Carol conversation well-timed hype. Honestly, I don't know that I would have if I would have recognized failing him to remember his, you know, there's a, someone sent emails to me about Dwight and how we've seen a Dwight character before. We got that a ton prime of this, yeah. Me. yeah. So, you know, I see those in my inbox. I, I, I don't know. And I was kind of surprised that we didn't see a previous him in the previously ons because I think it's asking uh, a lot. Yeah. I think it's asking a lot for people to remember something that happened three, four months ago. Right, and I think previously on is the place to do that. Yes. Like, now, you don't need to write it into the dialogue of the show. Sure, but that's also an efficient way to do it as well. I guess. Uh, 
I mean, you know, where'd you get that bike last up that was, was starting? I don't know. I felt like, man, I'm on the in, unenviable position of defending The Walking Dead because yeah. I feel like some of this stuff was set up pretty sweet. No, I, I think Dwight coming back was awesome. Uh, I, they've been doing a lot of things right this half season. Yeah. A lot of things. Some they get very wrong still. Sure. Is The Walking Dead, but they're overshadowed by the things they've gotten right, which is normally the other the way show around. is watchable and entertaining now yeah. i'm genuinely yeah. like i wonder what's going to happen next instead of dreading like oh god i gotta you know normally we get like this at like the the penultimate or the season finale mm-hmm. episode yeah. we're like man we suffered through a whole season sure. of bullshit but they hooked us back in in the final episode or two you know this what? time it's been all the way through this half season you know what they haven't done this this half season huh. there hasn't been a complete whammy stopper let's go back for a whole episode and do a bottle bullshit back in time thing or a reason nothing to, has to fucked to up take the back flow. the action yeah yeah nothing has really fucked up the flow this season right it's been constant plot movement yes toward and everything and all the characters are intertwined all the time like even this episode yeah. we got movement with rick and morgan like rick was in one scene and didn't even say anything. Just but that gave a look. that moved yeah. that ball forward. Right. Like it wasn't just completely dropped for two weeks. Yep. Uh, Devin from Virginia says maybe I'm the only one who had a problem uh, with the opening sequence. But as a professional video editor, small editing choices really stick out to me. So Rick and and I think this puts kind of a finger on why I didn't like this blur thing. Uh, so Rick and Morgan has changed the lines about the cinder block coated drywall prison, and it does a stylized fade. My first thought upon seeing this fade was. Oh shit! Is Morgan going back into clear mode? The blurry vignette they used for this transition looked right. very similar to the effect they used in the Morgan centric episode. Sure. Whenever they were conveying Morgan's unhinged, clear mentality, had Tabitha flashbacks. Yep. The fact that they used this blurry vignette during a Morgan scene, and the fact that they lingered on Rick's face, made me think the editor was trying to convey that Morgan's opposition with Rick was beginning to swim back in, swim him back into clear mode. Then the sequence started over again, repeating all the same scenes. I had a bunch of thoughts in rapid succession. Wait, was this a dream sequence? No, that'd be ridiculous. It served no purpose. Wait, is this The Walking Dead meets Groundhog Day? What am I thinking? That'd be even worse. Wait, is this the beginning of The Walking Dead multiverse? Of course, I didn't actually consider any of these thoughts seriously. They were just the first things that popped into my brain, and I was confusedly, uh, as I was confusedly trying to piece together what the heck was going on. Once I realized this was supposed to be a day-by-day sequence, I got really frustrated with the editing choices. I think I added a. I think adding a quick evening to night to morning time lapse of Alexandria between every repetition, like mm-hmm. we talked about, of that opening sequence would have made it uh, clear much faster that this was supposed to be a day after day montage of sorts. Yep, he's he's right on. It's I mean, deliberate... I had all those same thoughts going through my head, and and him pointing the clear effect out. It's, it's, a, it's obvious. It's a deliberate misuse of the language of cinema that this, sh- yeah. this show has set up. I don't understand why. Like, if I was the editor or if I was the you know person that's looking at the dailies, I'd be like, what are you trying to suggest here? What are you wanting the viewer right. to think? The passage of time? That's not... There's a standard way to do that in cinema yeah. that every audience member understands. And I guess sure. maybe you don't want to fall into like some kind of cliche. No, but... fuck that. There's there, there's a reason why there's hundreds of there's a hundred years of technique that has trained us as viewers and you fuck with that at your peril. Yeah. You better know what you're doing. And you know, it's kinda like I always said that some of the stuff that The Walking Dead was trying to do a few seasons ago was trying to get top shelf stuff and play with the you know, like the adult toys. No. Like if you if you don't have a mastery of the medium, then you don't know when you can flaunt conventions. I honestly, it's a, it's just a it's a puzzling decision they made. 
it's a weird stylistic choice that was bad. Yeah. I even without thinking about it further, I instinctually didn't like it. Sure. It just didn't look right or feel right. Yeah, I mean it's it's completely Yeah. But Devin really puts a fine point on it. Uh okay. I I don't know the same person this person's name. I only have an email for them. So I'm gonna call them Beach. Uh says I just wanted to take a minute to show Josh Dermott some well earned appreciation. I'm always really impressed with his skill at reciting those very wordy Eugene lines. Then there were some real doozies in this episode. Specifically sure. mentions the one about the game theory stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't even see him take a breath during all that. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, the guy doesn't get enough credit for playing the ridiculous character that he does. And he's he's one of the consistent parts of or pieces of comic relief in this show. He is, yeah. That the show went for years without to its kind of detriment. Uh-huh. All right, Eli L. says, I'm writing in to address some grade A bullshit that happened on The Walking Dead last night. You know what I'm talking about, the sudden death of Denise. Initially, I was shocked. 40 minutes in, I thought I had a handle on what the episode was, a character development episode. Sure, it was in, it was done in typical Walking Dead fashion, but I feel like it was finally going somewhere with the discussion between Denise and Daryl about their brothers, as they did uh, something we've all been longing for, addressing their pasts. However, the writers thought it best to cut what would be the only development thread i gave a subway rat's ass about and boom it was over once the shock was over i realized this remix was actually a terrible one and i was unfamiliar with this trope so uh, keep an eye out for it first as it diminished the chances of fleshing out daryl and rosita and also following into the infamous lesbian death trope is that a thing it's not one that i've heard of but there are a million tropes i've not heard of such a plot line is neither unique or exciting as it's driven. I've heard of the evil homosexual trope, but I've never heard of the lesbian death trope. Okay, I guess I it's guess long. I just don't traffic that much in lesbian uh, literature and, and cinema. Right. Well, he kind of explains it here. Okay. Uh, such a plot line is neither unique or exciting as it is driven into the ground with almost every show, movies, and even games. The media is constantly telling us one thing: lesbians or any feminine person attracted to other feminine people are doomed to be unhappy. And why? What, what did Denise's death really serve? Shock value. Hmm. Eugene and his dick bite or just the sudden appearance of the saviors wasn't enough? Uh, was it just for tension? Denise's death, what, Denise's death, that's hard to say, was unfair to her character, one who I was really growing to enjoy and just continued to rehash a trope. So I wasn't aware of that trope, but I do largely agree with this sentiment. Denise and Tara were very quickly becoming in league with Rick and Michonne because sure. they're kind of, you know, leads. Uh, and I really like their their relationship too. But Denise and Tara were really growing on me. And this is coming from and the fact that we Tara being a character that Tara I fucking hated at yeah. the beginning. And I've really come around on. I, that's the thing. That's a real tragedy is I felt like I would have rather lost Tara than Denise. Yeah. But... I think Denise had a more interesting road I do ahead of her. Th- I also feel like that. I don't know. I feel like that this uh, the, the the person that plays Tara is a Ma- Matheson. Matheson. Uh, uh, a Masterson. A lot of Masterson. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that she has the chops to do like to because there's they got to deal with this in a heavy realistic manner. Um, and I'm actually kind of impressed with how they're doing Rosita post Abraham as well. Hmm. Um, I I don't know. I. Uh, I felt like the dish. Did you feel like the show was intentionally using our tr- our internal tropes about it against us? Like we, you know, they were expecting people to be like screaming about how stupid Denise was being, and then bam, she gets killed. Yeah, 
And, and that's a thing that The Walking Dead has done, you know, give us a lot of backstory and then kill that character. Uh, I mean, think back to, like, T-Dog, right? But I'm talking about, like, yes, I was making a joke about that, but I'm saying, like, specific, specifically, do you think they're sitting in the writer's room saying, we're going to give this person some naive anti-survival oh, oh. dialogue and, and make them intentionally kind of childish and petulant and then we're and and that because that's kind of what we've done and then we're going to swerve violently out of that lane in oncoming traffic and just shock the hell out of the viewer because that's what they did to me i was in mid you stu i can't believe just shut the fuck up and listen to the thunk and i immediately felt terrible i was shocked and felt terrible (laughs) right uh i don't know how do you think they've done with morgan because morgan is that character He's the guy who's kind of survived, regardless of how stupid and naive he's come off as. I don't know. It's not, it's interesting when they play against type, like in uh, Deep Blue Sea, when you got uh, you know Sam Jackson stand up and give the hero speech, uh-huh, and then, then Chomp. Uh-huh. Like that's you are expected, you're conditioned to expect a certain thing, and then this other thing happens, and it's maximum shock value. I kind of feel like they're smart enough to do that. I really want to. <laughs> Nah. I was going to say, I, I want to try and rotoscope a scene where Eugene bites him in the dick instead of that chomping shark. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how you could do that because he gets bitten in fucking half. In half, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's kind of funny on its face. A giant Eugene coming out and <laughs> just chomping him in half. It's the ultimate refinement. Right. It's a full body dick bite. So I'm sorry I can't comment on the trope. I had honestly never heard of it, but mm-hmm. sounds like it's a thing. Uh, Barry C. from the UK says... I think Dwight was using meta-commentary when he said uh, maximum impact of killing Denise, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was one of the most economical character developments to death I've seen in the show. And also, it didn't come out of nowhere. Like, she is steadily beginning dribs and drabs of character development uh, as befits her station as a kind of a B-tier character. Yeah. So it didn't feel out of place. I'm like, oh, yeah, this this is about time for her to get an episode where we find out more about her. Right, whereas T Dog got nothing but hell no, and you know, and then, he got to punch a racist. I think he got to punch a racist. I think a racist Rick, punched him. No, right, no, no. Rick punched. He gun butted a racist. T Dog didn't even get that. No, T Dog got punched by the racist. Yeah. God damn it. Anyway, he goes on. I've always liked Denise, but when she mentioned how she used psychology to pick Daryl and Rosita for a trip, I thought she had the makings of a great leader and a Walking Dead character. I literally was saying in my head that moment, wow, Denise is, rel- is now really a good character. Oh, shit, she's dead. Yep. Not sure, but I think that means Walking Dead did some good writing there with her last season or so, rather than the usual build them up for the first time, then kill a model they sometimes sure. follow. Yeah. Uh, I-, I think Denise's arc was a fairly strong one. I don't, I don't really... I guess it was shocking how she went out. I wish she was still around because I liked her character, and they were doing such a good job with her. Mm-hmm. Such a good job. Uh, Joe from Cleveland. Not going to lie. I was pretty happy to see that arrow go through Denise's head <laughs> at the end of the episode. Really? Uh, but he, he has his reasons. Okay. Her ineptitude throughout this episode was driving my wife and I crazy. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then she had the audacity to lecture Daryl and Sasha about what's important and what's not after yep. risking her life for a soda can. On behalf of myself and my wife, we'd like to thank Negan's crew for shutting Denise up. <laughs> so there are varied that's opinions. The, that's on this. so you didn't feel sh- suddenly ashamed at your hatred of Denise like I did. Nope. You felt justified, vindicated, which is you know perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay, Drew E has a question. I think a meta question about our podcast. Dumb question, but what does morgalizing mean? Is it another word for a long monologue? Was Denise morgalizing when she got a crossbow bolt through the eye? 
Morgalizing is a very specific thing. Type of monologuing. Yes, a very specific type of monologuing. And, and, where... and moralizing. It's a, it's a moralizing, monologuing, morgan thing. It's it's espousing dubious moral claims with complete authority. Yes, with complete confidence and, not and having the other, the a third, the second party instead of saying, "What the fuck are you saying?" Look thoughtful into the camera as if you're making valid points. Right, that's the key thing. You have to have a straw man that you yeah. beat up with your bullshit moralizing. <laughs> right. Stephen from Florida says, I don't know what's worse. The title of an episode called Not Tomorrow Yet, where you clearly see the following day in the same episode. <laughs> Do or, you clearly? Do you? Oh, you see the day. Oh, that's true. You just don't the see day, it turn today. The, the day breaks like a Pyrex dish launched off a 50-story building. Yep. Uh, or having a six-pack of Coke Zero with one substituted orange crush. It's not even a bonus can. Who's going to buy that? Uh, a, couple, <laughs> a couple episodes ago, I expressed how Carol was acting out of character after Sam's death and thought you guys had a good point on how it all started to pile up on her and thought you helped me understand her point of view. Uh, Sorry, and though you helped me understand her point of view, I still feel like this new side of Carol came out of nowhere. I agree with Seppenwall's article about how the show took its time explaining to us her long six-season arc and how she became Rambo Carol, but now that's all out the window in a matter of a half-season because Morgan and his moralizing. Uh, her talk with Daryl made me feel more for him than her, especially after seeing her defend Maggie last episode. And that's one of the things that I feel like is the biggest problem I have with the Carol thing is they did they did an incredible job setting up Carol's storyline. And it was one of the most engaging storylines. Sure. Because it's gone back to season one. Mm-hmm. That stuff has had this through line that no other characters save maybe the Rick. The others that have been there from the beginning. I mean, maybe Rick. I don't even think Daryl's had that good, that solid of a storyline. He kind of dropped off after season four when Merle did his. Uh, he still got the stuff. you know when we had the Pope Carol gag the, the, when they went in that mission into Atlanta. They she he's had some moments and and some of the stuff he did but with they're fleeting. Uh, with Beth was good. Like we got this kind of uh-huh. tragic, tortured story. Yeah, before she went to Slaptown. Yeah. Arguably, he had enough that they needed to bring some of the others front and center, and I think they did. And I don't, but that was I don't two agree. seasons ago now, man. I don't agree that Carol came out of nowhere. She came out of somewhere. It's just a, a little bit fuzzily defined somewhere. It, it's not quite crystal clear that they I mean, wanted I, it to be. I guess for me, if you were to graph it, it would be like this weird biased bell curve where it slowly ramps up, and then it just kind of drops off a cliff. Sure. Uh, it ramps up in its, in its buildup, and then... But the climax just so would that indicate completely. that that's a break? She reached a breaking point. I, yeah, because a breaking point did. does not look like the other side of a bell curve. It right. looks like a and then just falls off a cliff. Right. I mean, so, I guess so, but I, I don't see the impetus. For I that, know. Is the I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I do feel like there is a screw loose. It's not yeah. a train wreck. No, I think no, no. that we want to call it that because that's the easy thing and that's what we've conditioned to expect. But I, th- I agree. It's, it's, it's wrong. not quite a dumpster fire. It's more of a a burn barrel. It's supposed. To... They should just use it to make lead. Yeah, bullets. it's 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 a burn barrel. It's on fire. It's arguably supposed to be on fire, but you know, there's probably better ways to do it. Maybe the bits of bone shouldn't be in there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, final email is from someone named Cecily. Says, oh God, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Someone says oranges have always been an ill omen. How do we not see Denise's hunt for orange crush foreshadowing her death sooner? Ah. Uh... 
She's right on. Man, got I think it's God, a she. I'm not sure. From The Godfather <laughs> to to Breaking Bad to Boardwalk Empire and the Orange Crush has struck again. It did. You fuck with oranges, you're going to die, kids. The only thing more appropriate would have been if she got crushed by a falling van or something. <laughs> what had to be orange? A Dorito, right. a Dorito van. Right. <laughs> A, a beef, a beefarino van. What, a what sun, was Tara no, eating? A sun kiss. A sun kiss. What, what was Tara eating during her stay? Was, that would have been appropriate. An orange truck. It was like I can't remember what it was. Like a Hormel. Like you know, it was whatever the generic version of Hormel was. Right. I'm actually impressed that they do Orange Crush. Like that's a real brand. Is it actually Orange Crush? I think it is. Yeah. Huh. I know the the viewers were calling it that, but that's an easy shortcut. I thought it actually says Orange Crush. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe they got a sponsorship deal, some embedded advertising. That's all I got for emails. Okay. So we're officially done except for the spoiler section. Ooh. Uh, so I guess you want to send these uh, emails in to watchingdead at baldmove.com if you'd like to get in on the feedback game or go to forums, forums.baldmove.com, where we always end an episode thread. There's also a rollicking comic spoilers thread. Uh, please keep the two separate. Do not try to grab the clean end of the turd on that. Uh, it's just not going to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Watching that at baldmove.com, forums at baldmove.com. All right. So if you're sticking around for spoilers, they're after the music. If not, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. We're back with the spoiler section. I'm going to kind of blow through these. There's a lot of like kind of minutia on like how things have been changed up and how they might play out. Did anyone call Denise getting the Abraham treatment I last week? I don't think so. Not that I remember. No, I don't think anyone suspected she would get outside the walls of Alexandria. Right. It was all like Tara. Like, sure. Who do we know that's out People there? People that we know would actually go scouting, not the one medic you've got. Right. Abraham was a big contender, of course. Uh. Anyway, Daniel B. starts off. He has some some details about this. Uh, Dwight is indeed the same man who stole Daryl's crossbow and bike. I wanted to put something in there because... Sure. I fucked that up. You know, we yeah. all, we both fucked that up. And now that he's got a scarred face, we know that he's the same Dwight from the comics. Exactly. Because he's yeah. got a whole backstory about I that scarred face. we debated that in the spoiler section sure. way back when we first saw him. And also, but I forgot his name was Dwight, honestly. Yeah. So, you know, if you've read the comments, you can see how he's going to plug in and, you know, the fact that his girl wasn't with him and what all that implies with Negan. And, yeah. Um, what's interesting is that maybe Dwight was this big of a shitbag in the comics. I guess he was since he killed Abraham and we hated him for that. But, you know, he kind of takes a face turn, uh, no no pun intended, towards the, the, the end of the all-out war arc. Okay. So I'm interested to see because he's such an arrogant, cock-bitten dickbag that I, it's hard for me to ever think that he can be trusted at this point. Cock-bitten as an adjective. Mm-hmm. Once bitten, cock shy. <laughs> I would be. I would Hell be yeah. worried. I would have keep... trust issues. You'd have <laughs> trust issues. Someone bites your dick. Broad daylight. At the very least, no more hostages at crotch level no 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 you take your hostages standing up god damn it i'm putting i'm putting the one of those dog collars on everybody i take hostage right <laughs> good luck trying to get to my dick from that all right or that radar dish
Uh, Daniel goes on. Dwight and his wife were definitely on the run from the saviors in the episode Always Accountable, as opposed to some other group, like Aaron was speculating. I think you were... I don't know if you were actually speculating like during the, the main cast and pretending not to know what you knew. It's a little column A, a little column B. Okay, that's the the impression I got. Because uh, I was... I, I, you know, I didn't want to trot out Savior. I didn't want to, like, you know... But on the other hand, I also thought it was a bit early to get into that. And I... Okay. The thing is, it'd been so long. If if I had read it and and, and right. had the Dwight right at the, my, my fingertips, I probably would have cottoned on uh, immediately. Uh, he goes on. They kept saying stuff like, we're not going to kill just for a roof over our heads. At the end of that episode, they returned to Negan. Dwight got his face burnt and wife taken from him as punishment. The actor who plays Dwight tweeted and since deleted that he was returning for season six, episode 16. Spoiler alert. Mm. Uh, we are in the spoiler section, so if you didn't expect someone's that, shame his, on you. Someone's going to get his face burnt in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Kirkman's going to hold that iron. It's just it's easier for us on a production level. Uh-huh. They cut our budgets. We're just going to do this. Dwight. Well, plus, you know, uh, don't tweet. Don't tweet, <laughs> genius. Yeah. Well, he's trying to justify it. Uh, you know, right. This is not, I'm not punishing you. I'm no, just, yeah. It's just, you know, Greg Nicotero's got uh, enough Make work to do with the zombies. sacrifices for your craft. Sure. Uh, no doubt uh, he's returning to have to put an arrow through Abraham's head. I, I don't know. I think this was written before Denise got the arrow through her head. Mm. But how could it be? Because Dwight was in this episode, and that's why we're talking about him. So I don't think they're going to do that again. No, I don't think that would go... That would be ridiculous. I guess. And that's why I'm saying, like, this remix... Once they decided it was going to be Denise, you can see all the things they had to do to make that happen. And I don't understand yeah. why. You know, the first thing out of the people's mouths when Kirkman says, I know, let's have him shoot Denise, should have been like, why is Denise out there in the first place? Uh-huh. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. No one will expect it. <sighs> well, that's it's true. so stupid. That's true. And to do, I mean, I well, swallowed it. Talking. I choked it down. Uh, yeah. Like three inches of Dwight dick, I choked it down. Uh, he says also that Abraham went out just like Denise, like, talk, kept talking for a second after he got yes. shot and then collapsed. Very cool. Uh, he goes on, number three, it also appears that the setup to this whole cheesemaker slash all life is precious storyline to somehow convince Rick, uh, to spare Negan's life. Yeah. I mean, that we've talked about that with the whole cell being built and all yep. that stuff. Um, and he, he says that they didn't really have a reason in the comics not for Rick to just kill him straight up. Might be because I now remember. Built it up. Yeah. I remember when we jumped forward and he was being held in the prison. That, that was a little bit of like a what the fuck. But then I, yeah. I, I guess it makes sense. Now this, it really makes sense. arguably yeah. they're doing some things I think uh, superior to the comics. And also it sounds like that we were right in that uh, Kirkman was going to zig on the zag with the with the Abraham. He said he regretted getting rid of the soldier during an all-out war plot, and he's, yeah. you know, got to have a soldier. He's good at ghosting hostiles, living and undead. Uh, he also corrects us the trucking company was definitely the uh, a trap by the wolves. Uh, Aaron confirms that in the show when he says leaving his backpack in the car led the wolves to Alexandria. I'm not talking about that trucking company. I'm talking about the fuel delivery company that um, uh, Dwight and company were trying to get back to. Right, that I think, wasn't. A I wolf think maybe trap. we talked. I think maybe I said something. Yeah, it, you, like you, get, you got two trucks. Perhaps... Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I can see where people get confused. Right, uh, number five. There's not a chance in hell the show will catch up with the comics. He says, you know, they do twelve to fifteen issues of the comics each season, which 
We had a calculation. We had an actual calculation, and I feel like you're just guessing, Daniel. Uh, he says 12 to 15. I think our emailer last week said 18 and a half or something like that. Comics per year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you think about it, okay. I think a comic Six- is roughly the space between commercial breaks. It is not an entire episode. It seems to me that they okay. like like a comic's worth of action is about 15 to 20 minutes of screen time. Well, they did like arc to arc stuff and how many comics each arc covered and how many seasons each arc covered. Well, I mean, they're gonna, like I said, like, I can't I can't account for them pumping the brakes on stuff. OK, ultimately, it doesn't matter if the show whatever. I, I yeah. don't care. I don't if the either. show catches up with the comics. Don't yep. give a fuck. Yep. Uh, they're going to write the show how they want. And I think it might help them. If the show ca- caught up with the comics, mm-hmm. frankly, but doesn't really matter to me. Alex M says, I'm a non-comic reading spoiler listener, and I would like some clarification on the staging of Glenn's death in the comics. I know that we're leading up to Glenn or someone being killed by Negan, uh, but I'm wondering how it could possibly be staged in a believable way. I think you alluded on last week's podcast to it happening in or around Negan's base or settlement, but I'm wondering how Rick and company would just stand and watch as someone in the group is being beaten to death without fighting or trying to stop it. Uh, well, I imagine, think I think just like we saw on the tracks today. Exactly. Imagine that only no Abraham, right in the bushes, and and more guys to to back Negan up. Yeah, and I don't. And Rick doesn't expect that he's going to beat this guy's brains in until it's already too late. And he says like that Negan's kind of like, you guys can sit here and watch this guy die, or you can all die. Yeah. No, I think I think it'll happen. Just and there's the like I way. think he might even have say something about Carl, like, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to. So it's like he's. It, I right. fully believe the situation ha- and it was horrific and I uh someone posted the whole sequence to Reddit uh last week and it's if anything worse than I remembered uh cuz I didn't remember a kind of uh, Glenn rallying after he got in a couple whacks at the head and how bad that was it was ugh. pretty horrific pretty sh- pretty uh, it's it's interesting to see I'm very interested to see how they handle this um in a way that's going to fly on basic cable yeah so we have a Another Anthony B, not the original Anthony B, mm. different one. Says, I know you guys said no more Negan back questions, but with Carol leaving so close to the no, end no, of the no. season, this guy said that I'm I, I'm entertaining all comers, and, and yet here I am reading another <laughs> one because I think it's it's worthwhile now sure. that we have uh, a lot more stuff up in the air. Um, and you guys said no more back questions, but with Carol leaving so close to the end of the season, and so recently after Dwight attacking Rosita and Daryl, yep. do you think that Carol might get captured and That's... she will be the one to get the bat? Or, my own little point of interjection here, Morgan, if he goes after her. I kind of think they're both going to get captured. And yeah. then, but, but One of them is going to get the bat, uh, well, so, potentially. There's still Tara and Heath out there. They're also in danger. And, and the, the, the hook, if I recall correctly, is that Rick and company mount up to go retrieve them. And then that's when Negan... So it's like the people that get kidnapped are not necessarily the ones that are going to get the bat. It's the rescue gotcha. party. So if... You know, Glenn and Maggie are in that. I I don't know. I I feel like that he's, man. It's I got to give credit where credits due. Kirkman with his jackass spoiler baiting has made it to where I really am uncertain who gets the bat. Uh, just like with the potential right. of the Abraham remix, when he left Dwight or uh, uh, Eugene, I thought that I was expecting to see him get the arrow because they separated the party. Yada yada. And then when Denise got is genuinely shocking. So, like, Kirkman being kind of an asshole spoiler baiter, baiter has me very unsure about who's getting the bat. 
And it's going to be a shock almost. Like, even at this point, if Glenn gets the bat, it's going to be a shock, even though that's exactly what happens in the comic. All right. Jackie L. essentially says that they might be, you know, specifically leveraging these things to subvert comic readers' expectations and even viewers at this point. Uh, she says, however, this last episode would seem to confirm that they are indeed deliberately and specifically playing with the comic readers. Having Abraham and Eugene out on a run and acting out their comic storylines at this point in the plot, they knew readers would be waiting for an arrow to erupt out of Abraham. Yep. Then they pulled the cutesy switcheroo and poor Denise got hers instead. I'm wondering if this is perhaps a nail in Glenn's coffin. They couldn't poss- possibly be planning to run this gambit a second time so soon and have some other characters meet Lucille, could they? But that's what, like, you could say the same thing about Glenn's fake death. Like, right. every piece of evidence, the way they've carefully constructed this House of Cards shit can be used as a, the affirmative case. Like, I really right. and don't that's her know. point. <laughs> it's, it's like, she's she's with you. She's on board. You're... And, and I feel like that, again, I, I called, as everyone knows, Kirkman a raging, uh, you know, megalomaniacal asshole for the being cruel with his fra- fans. I'm starting to think maybe that's a rational reaction to the way spoilers are discussed on the end. You just put so much chaff out that... You know, the spoiler-seeking missiles don't know what to lock into. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like, like what if every show just leaked seven contradictory stories about what's going to happen? And then then you go with the eighth one that's really going to happen. Like, (laughs) who knows? Right. Uh, So that's it for spoilers. That's all we got. Uh, It was a fairly quick spoiler section, but... I'm very entertained like with The it. Walking Dead this this year, and I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that. I mean, I do I do have some big problems with sure. character motivations and silly stuff, but it has been entertaining, which I the, feel like season five, season six, uh, A, were really lacking. It's the best Walking Dead we've had in years. Yeah. And, Without a doubt. And, and, and also, it's almost impossible for me to see how they fuck up the ending. Because whatever they decide to do is going to be shocking and amazing and wanting you to know or, or leading you to ask what the hell is going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, so. And we're, we're what, two episodes left? Yep. 15, 16? Yep. Happy to so, eat crow on this. Yeah. And and it came at a much needed time because we had a lot of discussions about whether or not we were even sure going to cover it. We cut our coverage back because, well, a couple of reasons. But A. Just to put a shot across Kirkman's bow. No, but that was part of it. Uh, just the show wasn't living up to what we wanted, and yeah. we weren't having fun covering it. And, and so, people were saying, your show's starting to suck because you guys right. hate it so much. I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right. Eh, what do you do? There's not much you can do except cut back coverage and hope that helps. Uh, have a good season. Hope that helps. I think it's going to help. I'm I'm enjoying, I legitimately am enjoying watching the show again, whereas the first half of this season, I was way out of it. Yeah. I, I wasn't invested at all. Yeah. Uh, so glad to see it back to some kind of form. Yeah, I I'm I'm curious to see what it'll be interesting to see what the you know if and when there's a rebound for next season for like the viewership and whatnot because if it yeah. gets because I remember like you know I used to be a big ER fan and uh, you know you get around season six or seven and like people stop watching it and then you start getting NBC with the ER is as good as it's ever been. Critics are saying it's back. It's blah. And I'm like, sure enough, they wrote me back in. Yeah. And I watched for another season two, stop watching. But I could see AMC, instead of like the serious, like, oh, Walking Dead is right up there with all of our other prestige dramas, like maybe they're just like, it's back. 
like viewers and admitting critics. that it was yeah, kind of like, bad, you, like but sometimes not, not really. That's the way it. to rehabilitate the bread. Like you, you know, viewers and critics agree, The Walking Dead is as good as it's ever been. It's what's that's damn it with fate phrase, but it's back, <laughs> right? You know, maybe that's what some of the spoiler shit that people are complaining about on Monday nights, uh, and it's going to be egregious. Like I can't believe less than twenty four hours after it happening, I'm going to be watching Better Call Saul tonight, and I'm going to see Denise take the crossbow through the eye socket. And, you know, it's like we, we've been talking just how what a sh- fuck you that is for people that are DVRing or haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. The interstitial. Even though that like, like maybe there's three percent of the audience that watches Better Call Saul live right. but saves the DVR. Like that's got to be such a fuck you to them. They're going to see the dick bite. They're going to. Yeah, the they're going to get the dick bite. They're going to get the crossbow. And they're going to get Daryl hobo, ba- you know, have her hobo pack on her shoulder and leaving the Alexandria. Yep. Oh, well. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next week with hopefully another great episode. I can't, I can't see how they steer it down. I feel like this, the gutter, I, I, but... this, I feel like this next two episode stretch is going to be, uh, epic. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, we will see you then. Thanks for listening. All right. See you. Bye.